0: Welcome to AfroAbility, a conversation about African business and technology. Today we're going to talk about Thriva Greek, the Nigerian agriculture technology company. We'll explore Thriva Greek story across five different eras. First, we'll start with some context about African agriculture. Second, we'll talk about Thriva Greek's launch in early history. Three, its product and monetization strategy. Fourth, its competitive position and potential exit options. And then fifth, we'll end with our views on its overall outlook. This episode was recorded on September 25th, 2022 ready i'm
1: good man i'm happy i'm happy to yeah, be back it's, it's been a minute it's been a while the schedule has been all over the place i was telling a friend it's easier to keep a regular schedule in the middle of a global pandemic i
0: guess before we start should we do a quick detour about ashake or whatever you were talking no, about or should we no. stay on top?
1: We're, so we're talking about this before the podcast let's just stay on topic you guys are annoying okay. does, does not know who ashake is <laughs> there's not no Anything about that sounds like chicken. Any, it sounds anything like, about Mister Money with a vibe? About. I'll put a link to his wow. album in the comments. Then move on. Wonderful. Anything you say next is just okay, going to annoy right. me.
0: So just okay. What, what are we talking about today? What are we talking? we talk about today? Thriver Greek. First, good to be talking about another agriculture company after we did Apollo episode fifty-five. So two back-to-back agri-tech companies. Because agriculture is important to the continent, yes. So they started off as an ag tech crowdfunding platform that connects people that want to invest in agriculture to farmers. So it was basically like a marketplace. You have mm-hmm. regular retail individual crowdfunders, they give money to the platform. Farmers want money, they get money, mm-hmm. they invest in crops, they grow. But they pivoted. So right now, they wouldn't describe themselves as that anymore. They describe themselves as a tech platform that supports farmers by giving them advice access to distribution and access to capital. This is the first time in Africal where there's literally a core page saying the company's a scam and they're a YC company. So it'll be a fun conversation. Yeah. We shall see.
1: Yeah. So. Also the definition of ThriverGook now, I like reading the website boilerplate is ThriverGook is an agricultural technology company providing access to finance, premium markets, and data driven advisory for smallholder farmers i thought interesting yeah it's very similar to apollo which you talked about very similar pivot, yes but also in part because these guys say they don't give they don't give the money as well so i listened to a bunch of interviews where they give yes this Inputs. and the seeds it's also very funny because apollo was very forward with the apollo story was very forward about satellites and the role of the climate corporation experience so using gps data yeah, they were lying to, to us to verify yeah, things lying.
0: These, guys, <laughs> these guys don't, they have don't any really bullshit to
1: they don't really they don't even bother to tell us anything that's say know your market like to no, no. Know, your know your investors might not say like a, a cynic might say a hater would say you have to know your audience
0: you yeah. <laughs> have to save them what they will eat listen to our episode 55 to hear me crap on this but basically they're all lying it was some ah, these guys say they are, they, they're, they're solving food supply i'm like guys you're trying to Olumide. make money don't lie i think they're <laughs> lying
1: no i did not say they're lying okay, no fine.
0: <laughs> wait, 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 I said that Okay, uh, another piece data point they've raised about 60 million since they were founded around 2016 2017 and they're probably one of the largest, highest funded agri-tech startups yeah. in Nigeria. So they're quite a big deal. We'll tell the story today. Yeah. I want to bring this back to why we're really talking about it. They've
1: raised a lot of money. They're doing something very yeah. new and innovative in that space of crowdfunding at this scale. They're offering great returns, like 20% for nine months, 15%
0: for six months. That's why they say they're a Ponzi scheme.
1: And we, we, <laughs> it's advertised as no downside. Oh my we'll God. get into that a little bit more.
0: But Bernie Madoff, often you used to have any downside no, uh, back in the You day. can't... But then he went to prison. Basically, you... Ah, Olumide
1: Olumide, I don't want <laughs> This podcast
0: same tone, if it's tone. You're going to They're not paying me if enough for this. You want to sponsor? You want to sponsor us from the email? If it's email the tone, if it's <laughs> tone you want to take throughout this podcast, just let me know.
1: <laughs> then we'll go and play FIFA. It's
0: not my career you will ruin. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, r- right. Rewinding. Okay. so
1: they offer great returns, and it's very interesting when they were primarily a consumer-based crowdfunding kind of platform. And not just them and companies like them would say, your capital is insured and we will give you 15% in six months once that harvest comes due or 20% in nine months or mm-hmm. something ridiculous, which was very skeptical. Maybe that brings me to, to my own biases. Or do you want to go first or do you want me to go on the biases?
0: I'll give context to the audience, then please give your biases. So the context for the audience, when you hear 20% returns in six months, nine months... That's Naira return. So it sounds good, but actually it's actually really bad. Because ah. the typical inflation in Nigeria is 18 to 25%. So it's actually 5%. It's atrociously bad. It just sounds good based on the other options. So a typical Nigerian, it would look good to them. Based not all the options they have, but in reality, the returns are really bad because it's narrow denominator. So, I, I actually, unfortunately, unfortunately I actually, because inflation
1: is 20%. I actually disagree, but we'll get into that. Let's not have the, po- oh, let's not have the podcast. Oh, we want get to, okay, okay. Let's not have the podcast now. Okay. Because right, you, let's, let me uh, tell I you see, why I fundamentally disagree. First of all, before we get into biases. Is please, please. Every other investment, you can lose your capital. Okay. This mm-hmm. these people are basically selling you an equity payoff with a put inside, with a floor at only pure upside. That's ridiculous. I know,
0: I know. But the upside is still in Naira. And if the Naira devalues by more than that, it would be better to have converted to dollar and kept it at 0% in cash. You'd still be better off financially. Unfortunately, it's still not a good idea. Oh, nice. Because funny enough, the time when they were given these returns, 2016 to 2019, the Naira 3x downward. Well, so it wouldn't have mattered. Even if you got 200% well, returns, you'd still be negative. it's
1: not a good thing for you. That's okay. This we are, the longest we are, without biases. You're we wealthy. It's fine. It's not a good deal for <laughs> um, you. I, for for sure. yes, I don't think it's not, that is not a good deal for the average Nigerian with expenses and Oh yeah.
0: If you don't have access to dollars yeah. or other currency, it's a good idea. Biases, <clears throat>
1: I'm going to go. So I like to, the way I think about the biases is where do I start when, before I do the research? And then how I feel after the research and how I feel after the episode was okay. being my outlook. And so my incoming biases have been very dismissive and skeptical of this crowdfunding agricultural things. It's more Mm -hmm. from knowing that it's very difficult to provide... There's no short things in markets, no free lunch. And they were selling it as not just investing where you could lose your capital, like every other investment. But like a capital is secured, but will give you returns Mm -hmm. that are market-beating compared to alternative investments. If you put it in in domestic (laughs) equity
0: markets or domestic bonds... Nigerian stock exchange. (laughs) That's like flushing your money down the toilet. No, that's not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, so Nigerian Olymde Olymde. Okay, we, we, we digress we digress your yes. biases so it's just skeptical as this
1: thing to go through also the second thing is that these things came up at the same time as when ponzi's were becoming more popular in nigeria so this ponzi's go through phases and if you remember everything was this same period do you want to define it for the audience it was just a ponzi network i don't
0: want to Honored yes. by defining it. It's, it's like you you put yeah, money. the standard Ponzi network yeah, that goes on. And get
1: on help, it. receive help. You put hundred thousand and get hundred thousand. After six months, you have to go find people. It's just a it's a very it's a known Ponzi that show, pops up in emerging markets every now and then. And this was when it was popular in Nigeria as well. And these one's had the prevailing at least what I thought was these guys had the the instinct or foresight to put agricultural and agricultural veneer on what seemed to me. Otherwise, to be like a Ponzi because the returns and the risk reward payoff was very high. It doesn't appear to be okay. given. Every, okay. every, everything else has happened since. And We'll get into all okay. that context.
0: Okay, here. so you had initially negative view, but now you're neutral. You're...
1: Now my money's is not inside. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want me to, yeah. want me to say because you like we like poking something that is not there.
0: <laughs> so it's interesting. I'm glad we did this episode right after Apollo Agriculture because. When I started with Apollo, I was very intrigued by the story. So that one, I had a sort of on the fence, positive-ish view. For this, fundamentally, had a negative view of the company, of the business model. I don't. It, it's weird to live in a country where the highest way to get returns on your currencies by investing in agriculture through a platform. It seems a bit bizarre. But now that I've done a lot of research, another about to do the episode, I would say still mostly negative, but closer to the middle. But it's not something I when they were doing the crowdfunding part of their business, not something I would have used as a retail investor. yeah. And now that they're doing something bigger with institutional investors and they're doing access to advice, I still wouldn't invest as an investor. But overall, cool, but not really my company. Yeah. So I'll be slightly negative, but not overwhelmingly negative. It's not a betting company. So yeah, and that, that's the lowest and of them. So much morality. <laughs> and through all of
1: this, one thing that's helpful for me as I prepared for this is to contrast this with Apollo Agriculture, Right. Yes, same, Apollo same. focuses their conversation and their marketing and their materials on credit, on risk. Yeah. This guy just focuses on output and farming and sourcing and distribution and marketing. <laughs> um, mm. And it's a very different thing. And it makes you feel like, obviously, not all smallholder farmers are created equal. Not all plots of land are mm. created equal. Um, mm. But Apollo focuses on the identification part of it. And these guys don't talk about it as much, even if they do. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting yeah. difference. Again, it's about knowing who yeah. your target market is. And what's up? And your
0: investors. What's your- <laughs> <laughs> Get your money. <laughs> I can't blame a man for raising money. All right, okay, so let's do it. Say founders and operators love to hear from you. Let us know what we're working on. Email bankly and I at Investors love to link up with you. Partner drive the ecosystem forward. Email both of us. Everyone else join our insider mailing group we used to send emails every two to three weeks now it's whenever i'm in the mood and we'll send some emails to you it's the mailing list is actually going to get more exciting over the next couple of months i have some ideas i've just been a little bit lazy please join on our website it's a massive great button you can't miss it all right with that uh we're going to do are you excited
1: i'm excited to talk about this this is very contentious this yeah, is one i didn't want to do because right? it's actually there was a whole time period in 2020 where everybody was like this is a scam guys and now the Ponzi's <laughs> come home to roost and then they seem to have paid everybody back and then they raised $56 million right. from institutional investors. They're like, whoa.
0: Yeah. That's- uh, yeah. Okay, let me just expose Bankley publicly. For the audience, Bankley, there are many episodes we've done that Bankley did not want to do. This falls in that category. I'm the one trying to convince this man to do these episodes. So yes, We're doing it. Bankly didn't want to do it. Now we're going to talk about it. So we're going to do... Bankly is going to give us some context about, like, agriculture in Africa and Nigeria. I'll talk about their founding and early history. Bankly will talk about their funding. And then we'll go through the whole spiel. Yeah. So we're ready. Let's do it. So for... Let's do it. Excited.
1: Context on Agriculture in Africa, we'll use a clip from a previous episode. We've talked about that before. So I think, first of all, it's probably the right place to start is how, like central agriculture is to to all of Africa or African business or African commerce or the African individual. So Mm. I'm going to run through like some very quick pieces of data. So Africa's population is expected to double or to get to 2 billion by 2050. It's a very young population. We need food. That's probably the right way to think about it. We need (laughs) a lot of
0: food. I guess everyone needs food. <laughs> yeah, but if you're younger, you
1: need more food. Af- Africa has 60% of the world's uncultivated land. However, you can see like food inflation go, especially in Nigeria, which I'm most familiar with, yes. like shoot up drastically and it gets much more and more. It's getting harder and harder to even feed the people in Africa. I think that's something that's yes. not even
0: talked about quite I, a bit. I saw a stat related to that, and it said 40 to 50% of the disposable income is going to food in a lot of African countries. And this is where America was in the 1850s. I was like, wow, almost half of disposable income just on food.
1: And if you think about what this means for other startups or other tech, how are you mm-hmm. going to get to share of somebody's wallet if half of that is on food? Then the yes. rest is housing, the shelter, housing, healthcare. Then how right. do you get them to spend money on your app, or your gaming app? or on their child's child's education and then you get really, so agriculture tends to be like the primary resource because of the amount of people in smallholder farmers, amount of smallholder farmers.
0: Another stat, so that was the individual level for the disposable income. On a macro level, it's between 30 and 45% of the GDP for most countries. So again, massive. There's no way to think about it that's not massive. Like you said, it's 50 to 70% of yeah. employment, depending on which country and which data source you use. And that compares to UK's 8%, America's 10%. So a lot of people working there, it's a big chunk of the GDP, it's a big chunk of disposable income, big, no matter how you think about it.
1: Yeah. And if you get okay, what does farming in Africa look like? So farming is huge. <laughs> then what does a farmer, an African farmer look like? Also, right. like a caveat before we even get started is we'll spend a lot more time on crops here rather than livestock, to be honest. But livestock farming also has its own unique issues, but we'll touch on those, but I, a lot of our concern will be crop, sort of crop focused. Hmm. Africa farming is typically small scale, typically done by smallholder farms and smallholder farmers on small farms. Right. Smallholder farms tend to mean like you're farming to eat and maybe right. sell. But the primary thing is you're farming to feed, your subsistence farming. It's right it's insane um, is the
0: difference between if you and i open like a, a burger joint versus mcdonald's yes we'll make some money it's just enough to get by and i'm not going to open a burger joint i think just for the record. this is called, a really bad this example is, <laughs>
1: this is called that a lifestyle if your lifestyle was about staying alive <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's what smallholder okay. farm in africa but it's really small 80 really percent of the yeah. farmland in africa is managed by smallholders mm. nigeria has less than 100 farms more than 50 hectares which is about 70 like football pitches, like soccer pitches, wow. just for context. Like less 100. than hundred farms, one hundred. So okay. it's pretty small. Like the average farm size in Nigeria between one to two hectares. In the US, mm. one eighty. Latin America, one twenty. Oh, um, so Africa is greater like than one hundred x. Yeah, average farm size. Yes. So okay. it's very smallholder. It's right. It's Olumide farming. Three plots, four plots of land.
0: The fact you're using me as an example. Every- I would Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let, let's get going. Yeah.
1: And and. What that means is we don't get a lot of inputs, we don't have a lot of market access, Fertilizer usage is low, productivity is low. Like it takes the Africans, I saw a stat, like 4X more land to produce the same quantity of maize compared to the West.
0: 4X. Yeah, we have
1: Sudan, Kenya, Tanzania, Ethiopia, among the fifteen nations with the largest cow populations, but only four percent of milk
0: production. So it's just cow population. Yeah. Wow. But it's okay. just like we don't produce enough. Isn't milk. this giving you isn't this giving you deja vu? I feel like you and I spoke about this on the health tech episode and the ed tech episode. Basically there are a lot of problems everywhere. You know what? Very similar to the ed tech and
1: health tech episodes, however, you find mm-hmm. that all this Dysfunctional industries are dysfunctional in their own unique way. Call of happy families. Like they're all uniquely <laughs> like special. And AgTech, as we will see, agriculture and agtech tech has its own unique flavor of issues as well.
0: And also like when we say issues slash problems, really the other side of the coin is also just opportunity. Yes, there are problems, but the fact that problems means entrepreneurs and businesses can help solve them and make some money. Yeah. So I think here are the five categories of challenges in African agriculture. So some of them has already spoken about, but I'll repeat it to just summarize. The first one is knowledge and skills, basically low levels of literacy slash education slash training of the farmers, yeah. which basically means they don't have the right knowledge about how to increase productivity. That's the first one. Second one is equipment and tool access. So they have lack of access to tools, machinery, infrastructure, and that's because of either their knowledge or their income or other limiting yeah. factors, just like availability. So those two, they're intertwined. Third one is capital access. So similarly, they have a low likelihood of of obtaining financing or credits, which means they can't expand, which means they can't buy the equipment I spoke about before. They also can't buy fertilizer and hybrid seeds and so on and so forth. So those three, they're similar, but they're a little bit separate. The fourth one is market access. Even if you had the first three, you need a, a large enough market to be able to sell your product at a margin that makes sense based on all the inputs and sweat you put in. And then the last one is limited scale and leverage, which is exactly just what you said. They're mostly independent. Yeah. They're small, which means they don't get any benefits of scale. They don't get benefits of negotiating leverage. So there are five issues, but they're basically a lot of overlap in the way we describe those five issues.
1: Yeah. I also think that with, with Africa, as always, there's no African market. There's you know, people think of an European market because they have come. Oh, there's exactly. no African market. Exactly. And that'd be exactly. kept about averages. So a lot of the land is in a few countries. Some countries are better than others at stimulating agriculture. Ethiopia is much better, for example. But if you think about it across the board, it's just very different. And there are all oh, kinds sure. of, a couple of unique things that, to Africa that don't even quite come out. So one is like land use laws and culture. So for example, there's a land is an is a emotional attachment to land in many emerging markets in Africa, many parts of the world, to be honest. But except that how it tends to happen is if your father has a piece of land, he has six children, the six children mm-hmm. get one sixth, and they have six <laughs> children, and they get one sixth. And it sounds far-fetched, That's but it's really not. Funny. Imagine that for land, where somebody moves an area, gets 15 plots, has 15 awesome. children, and it's one plot each. Awesome. And then it just sort of part of culture
0: piece. What's a, a strange analogy? I don't know if this analogy makes sense, but I think about it as like a founder and their cap table. Like at some point, your founder, Bankele and I start a, a, a company. There's we're, both of us on the cap table. 50% each. <laughs> <laughs> 50% each. <laughs> and then we're so, like, we're about to go out of business. Let's raise some money. And then, okay, we're like, no VC's ready to fund us. So let's raise from our family and friends. That's 16 of Bankele's friends from Casey, 10 of my friends, yeah. 30 people. 40. We have 100 names on the cap table. But yeah. that's, that's, that's easy because you can roll them up. This sounds, oh my goodness. Except it gets imagine harder. imagine how it could be difficult. It only yeah. gets harder over time. Like the, the entropy, scientific terms, and our engineers out that entropy is more likely to increase uh, as yeah. a natural state than decrease. Wow, okay.
1: Yeah, so that's one kind of challenge. It's cultural. The other kind of challenge is like climate change. So because mm-hmm. of farmer information, for example, and climate change is happening in that like it's mm-hmm. raining for longer, raining for shorter, droughts are of course. more and more droughts in respect to Africa. And because a lot of farming is, again, generational, because my father gave me this land and his father found this land, <laughs> But Climate is that's changing, patterns are changing. Right. People right. can't farm the same way as they farmed 100 years ago, and how right. are they going to know that?
0: All right. right. there's no way for that's them why to that know first that. thing is yeah. knowledge and skills. Yeah. Even if you did exactly what your grandparents did and they told you it would be effective, it may be less effective not because they were wrong, just because the times have changed. Also, yeah. they didn't even have access to the same fertilizer tool equipment. So, whatever they told you, it, it may actually not even work as well yeah. as a combination of multiple factors because it's all,
1: all smallholder and you can't get the data. You can't get right. financing. So that's agriculture as a whole. So what mm-hmm. this whole takeaway is that for the individual smallholder farmer, there are many different kinds of right. problems. Getting the information, getting the inputs, getting the seeds, mm-hmm. doing the actual farming itself. So irrigation, right. storage, warehousing, and then selling right. the stuff. Like getting into markets, exporting the right. stuff. A lot of different right. challenges there for agriculture in general in Africa. For AgTech and specifically in Africa, one of the challenges here is that like the farmers won't generally use it. So that's something to... So they they, to, they won't use it, or they, they will use it. They will not use it. Like,
0: they will not use technology. There's
1: a customer acquisition problem here. So like, not, very few of them have been able to get to scale.
0: But we should clarify. What do you mean? Do you mean they don't have enough access, or they will not want to use it even if they have access? But, okay. Because the
1: why depends yeah. on the specific use case. But for exactly, all these problems, exactly. for all these problems, it's interesting to to note that not many iTech tech startups have gotten to the same kind of scale as say. Payment startups. Of course, standard. Um, And we'll just use that. Coming back on specifically on... So we've talked about African agricultural context, also some context on Nigeria itself. Now on on agriculture in Nigeria, to get into that in a little bit more specificity. The story in three parts. I think it used to be amazing. (laughs) So the story is about... And I'll post the report where this came from. Nigeria is one of the most promising agricultural producers globally in the 60s. Exports, crops, dominated (laughs) earnings... Top, That's funny. Top palm oil exporter worldwide, half the world's grown-up production from Nigeria. And then since then, it's just been a decline. Down into uh, the
0: right. Yeah. So sorry, can I interrupt? Apologies for talking so early. Have you ever spoken to an old person? The person would be like, oh, back in my day, it used to be one dollar yeah. to an naira. I'm like, guys, let's look to the future. Nigeria used to have a lot of glorious things in the past, but things decelerated significantly. Significantly, so, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised.
1: Significantly. We once grew 20% of the world's cocoa. Now it's 8%. Wow. 60, once producing 65% of tomatoes in West Africa, we're now the largest importer of tomato paste in the world. It's funny. We've missed over $10 billion in export earnings. Population Oof. is growing. People are starving. Oof. And that's just the outcome stuff. When you come into the problems of capital, post harvest losses, low yields, limited access to land, over-reliance on rain irrigation, so we don't have water irrigation systems. So if you drive in California's thing, but also Montana, Iowa, farm belts, if you've ever been to those countries in the US, you see these industrial irrigation systems commercial yes, massive scale. Industrial scale. Yeah, for those don't exist. Again, because they are smallholder farmers, and I'll talk about this a bit more. But as climate change and drought start to spread more and more, it disproportionately pop so punishes smallholder farmers as well.
0: Let me even understand from a basic common sense, first principles thinking. So I'm a farmer, I have a small plot of land, I live in Nigeria. Yeah because there's no mechanized industrial way for me to put water in the fields, I literally just wait for the rain. You, Horrible.
1: you wait for the rain or you fetch it or you have these elaborate tube-based systems that collect the rainwater and distribute it.
0: Ah, inefficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a different scale. It's unfortunate, but that's <clears throat> the, the reality. Yeah, I saw that in some of the stats too.
1: Yeah, hmm. so all of those things mean that the outcomes also continue to be terrible. I saw this average yield for cereals in Nigeria is 1.4 metric tons per hectare. Ghana is 1.87. d'Ivoire is 2.2.
0: Well, wow. So we're lower than even other African countries.
1: Yeah, it's really dire for many of our, our crop producing areas in Nigeria. That said, though, yeah. it continues to be big compared to opportunities in the sector. So I saw the stat which says there are 66 million smallholder farmers in Nigeria. I don't know how reliable yeah, that is. I
0: saw the same thing. It said it was between 30 and 35% of the workforce are farmers. I was like, wow, that's incredible.
1: And if you I want to put that in context of other numbers in Nigeria, there are 52 million BVNs in Nigeria. Right? <laughs> so BVN is a closest equivalent to a U.S. social security number that is linked to yes. everybody who has... Well, not social security number. Probably linked to everybody who has a bank account has to have a BVN, at the very yes. least, yeah. in Nigeria. So you can't have a bank account above a certain amount of transactions. So most people who have bank accounts have BVNs.
0: Yes, and it's not duplicative. You can only have one even if you have six bank have accounts. You have six bank
1: accounts. So Nigeria has 50 million BVNs. And many people have said that is the... That's the real market size for many <laughs> of these fintechs. If you're building a consumer fintech, that is the total addressable yes, market.
0: That's, yes, that's the, the top line before you start cutting out... The addressable part of it.
1: So they have... They're, they're more smallholder farmers than they are BVNs in Nigeria. And this is, wow. in theory... Has to be like a big opportunity, right? If you say you're building a fintech app and you're yeah. building after
0: this. Yeah, big opportunity, hypothetically, but they don't have any money. So it's actually a really yeah. small opportunity unless you get to scale. Exactly. Depends on how you want to cut it. It's like we say Niger has 200 million people. Yeah, but those people are broke. So let's just be honest. But also,
1: what is the overlap between smallholder farmers and BVNs? Just even <laughs> using, using that as a proxy for for right. any potential or a viable market, right? The smallholder farmers have BVNs yeah. if they live in rural areas and are dispersed out in the countryside? Yeah. So it's probably maybe not much overlap even though it's a big it's almost like the worst the poorest 66 million of the population is one thing that
0: could be true I don't know yeah I love doing these macro episodes about education or health or agriculture because they're big numbers they're important they're critical they're foundational challenges and then the question is always what role will the private sector versus public sector? Most of the time, the revenues you can get are low. So, like, how do you get yeah. to scale? So, even though this episode is about agriculture, there's some similar themes with other things you do. Yeah. It's important, but hard to make it work using a tech platform. Yeah, So
1: exactly. So, it's almost that despite how bad agriculture is, a lot of people are doing it for many different reasons. They're not doing it well. Mm-hmm. Look at the yields. Of course. So, there's opportunity for them to grow. So, as you saw in the Apollo episode and you see later in this episode... These companies claim to be able to grow yields 2x, 3x. I used to do, I watched a lot of Thrive Agric videos, by the way. And if you have time, you should just watch them because their video, team have is, good their video team is fire. They have a ton of content. Yeah, they have good marketing. They have a ton of yeah, content yeah, on yeah. YouTube everywhere. So you should watch them. These guys have content. These guys yeah, have content.
0: And they have content that also shows like interview with farmers, interview with the team, interview their on the ground. Their context is it's top. Like, it's
1: a wide variety. They have medium. Their content is top-notch. So shout out to their content team. Anyways, if you, right. if you watch a bunch of their, their videos, they're really investing and building the farmers and getting the supply chain, all of that stuff. So it's... I thought that was um, very
0: interesting. Thank you. Did you see the percentage of farmers that were smallholders? I was shocked by
1: it. Isn't it 95? Who is not a smallholder farmer? Like it's everybody
0: I, and then Funtuna Farms. There's like I saw bet- between 80 and 90%. I was like, let's just call it 100 at that point. Yeah. So yeah, there is no... When we say farmers, almost everyone is small scale, smallholder, small... Holder, yeah. small it, it, don't think about yeah. industrial, massive America. you just think about a guy with something tiny yeah. that he's just trying to patch through to make yeah. food for himself. Don't think about it as like... A rich, successful person, think about someone yeah. who's subsistence level, trying to make it by and just trying to survive with something small. It's
1: Olam's rice farm in Nasarawa, uh, Funtuna farms. Uh it's, it's almost like there's a couple of big farm businesses that supply all the chickens that KFC uses. Um mm. that you end up that you end up with. Anyways, so that's agriculture. Okay. The takeaway from agriculture in Nigeria is very similar to what we've talked about in our previous episodes. Used to be great, not as great anymore, many different problems, access to capital, access to markets, access to inputs required, access to distribution. The smallholder nature of the farm farmer distribution means that they're difficult to pull together and access some of those things. People have tried different things where they pull together mm. and get a tractor and stuff, but it hasn't had the same impact or scale. So it's dire, it's not great. That's the way to think about it, agriculture and Nigeria.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I want to also talk about crowdfunding. So I went
0: down this rabbit hole. That, that, that's fintech too yeah now crowdfunding is fintech-ish okay you're collecting money now you're okay. collecting money to invest okay
1: i didn't i didn't even realize that i didn't know that they were even so if you have private, would you raise as fintech or agtech because one ah. one has a clearer bigger multiple than the other agtech okay. is not collecting multiple
0: like that <laughs> or fintech in, in 20 minutes their branding was literally we help investors make more money in africa that's their initial they deleted it but i found it <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes, that's how they raised the initial seed routes. It was like it was basically, think about bamboo says, invest in American stocks. Yeah. It was bamboo, but for Nigerian farmers. They've, all the stuff has been deleted, but you'll see it in the archives. Because yeah. they, when they got money from Google Developer Launchpad, yeah. they did some interviews. Two yeah. just interviews, that's how they pitched themselves. They've changed it, obviously. But yes, yeah. that's how they got the initial money from okay. our friends. So,
1: tech multiple, good to know. Those tech multiples are smelling. <laughs> They'd be asking you questions like, where is the warehouse? Where is the corn? <laughs> FinTech is yeah, like TV, PTV,
0: TRV, number, of, number, the number of users. Hope for the
1: best. Yeah. Okay. So crowdfunding in Nigeria. So up until recently, up until 2021, it was largely unregulated. The script has to go
0: if you keep up behaving like
1: other countries, <laughs> r- Nigeria has rules regarding how you can raise and what forms of fundraising you can have. For example, but mm. that did not stop fun- crowd crowdfunding because now who police catch, they go prison. In 2021, however, there were some new mm-hmm. rules that made it clearer. And of course, made it easier for the government to collect a fee. So if you want to raise money from crowdfunding, there are a couple of requirements, but you also have to register and then you have to pay a fee.
0: Yeah. And most of the requirements weren't too bad. One of them was like some capital base, which was nominal. Another thing was a registration. Not too bad. And the fee seemed reasonably okay. But it depends on your interpretation. No, but
1: I think that's also in part why Thrive would have shifted, right? Because it says in this, the maximum amount which may be raised by a medium enterprise shall not exceed 100 million naira. The maximum amount you raise by a small enterprise may not exceed seventy million naira. Yeah. Micro enterprise fifty million naira, and you're like, that doesn't work for white yeah. combinator, in it.
0: Yeah, and the, the weird thing is, at first I was like, oh, the American companies, the Delaware companies. If you read that, they have different sub rules. They say if you operate in Nigeria, if your business is in Nigeria, if you have a team, so they want Nigerian companies. You can not hide by your Delaware incorporation, which I thought was pretty smart. So could they hide before? Why are you talking? about it? You can't operate in a different company. You can't operate in a company. (laughs) Should should, we take the diversion now or later? Okay, let's not take
1: the diversion because you're making it sound that they 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 can't operate. Anyways, so essentially there are specific rules. It's amazing to see how regulation catches up with technology and it just sounds like something in the future. And you see the old regulation was stuff like specifically prohibits equity-based funding by private entities, only public companies and statutory bodies or banks. And the new one is mm. stuff like every portal that facilitates, operates, provides, <laughs> or maintains interactions between fundraisers and investing public, crowd. Wow! So it's everybody's trying to catch up. So there's a bunch it's, of different pieces here that now it's yes. legal and there's a legal framework.
0: No, it wasn't yeah, a legal It's a theme actually. A legal after fifty-six episodes, you, you like to support more regulation. More government intervention. And I believe it just yeah. destroys things. By the way. You have different biases on that one.
1: By the way, in 2016, all the way from 2016, this was there was a crowd of other crowdfunding startups and tech startups. And in many investment apps, wealth.ng, you can actually invest in these farms. Even till now, uh, where you phone, open an app, they'll say invest in Maze, six months, 20%. And I'm always like, yes. that sounds really good, but it's always sold out. Yeah. Have you invested right, in these right. things before, by
0: the way? <clears throat> I don't fall for scams. So.
1: All right, let's talk about the... So that's all about the context on funding, on Nigerian agriculture and culture in Africa. Takeaway, lots of people do it. It's not working really well. Not very productive. Crown funding is not... It's been happening a while. I think happening at this scale is relatively new. We don't have a Kickstarter big equivalent in Africa tech. It's not a very common thing. Yes. But this... The temptation of these returns were tempting for everybody in that 2016 time period. So it's become very intense.
0: Yeah. Another piece I will add to this is... I'm not sure what the right equivalent would be because Kickstarter is almost always there's a physical product or product products yeah. and or service and you pay the company or team to produce it. But this is more like investment. So this would be similar to maybe I forget the name of the company the Angel List bought now, but there's a company that's part of the Angel List portfolio that enables you to invest in startups. And there's also some agricultural ones. But it's just a little bit interesting that because people want returns so badly. Nigerian individual, Nigerian retail investors tend to do things differently than Americans would. So when I used to live in Nigeria, people would tell me things like, Oh, I'm getting this piece of land a few blocks away in America. That's highly unlikely. Someone would invest in land unless the person was a professional investor. But in Nigeria, just an Exxon mobile person says, I have land. I'm yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? So anyway,
1: I bought, a I bought, I bought but... three acres in a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a like a, the, the thing
0: range. to do for the audience is I'll come back on topic, but because the yields are so low, people tend to either yields are low or education is low. I just thought a lot of people made very different types of investments, high, higher variety. Americans typically yeah. have mutual fund, index fund, 401k, Nigeria, anything can happen. It's, Interesting. It's a
1: combination of different things, actually. It's property rights, it's uh developed securities markets, it's high yes, inflation. It's, definitely it's high inflation, it's devaluation, yeah. it's a, it's cap rates on rental properties. It's a bunch of different things right. that tend to make
0: are uh, the cap rates good in Nigeria, different, for instance. Different,
1: I, I don't know. I actually don't know. Okay. I've done the math.
0: I know. Because I, I could argue both ways. I know people that have made and lost a lot of money.
1: It's different things that make that limit the investment opportunities for Nigeria. That's why Bamboo and Chaka on Trove were so big, because if you're in Nigeria, you're
0: stuck
1: stuck looking at Dangote and Airtel and MTN, which may or may not be good, depending on what you're trying to do. You don't have a fully developed securities market. Therefore, you're you're stuck in stuff like this. Versus if I wanted to invest in... Just sorry, very quickly. If I wanted to invest in agriculture in the US, and I had a thesis in a developed market about agriculture, there's lots of ways for me to play that thesis. But even if I have yes. a think on agriculture in Nigeria, I think there's a couple. There's Golden Palm or something. Golden
0: Palm is something mm. else. Okay, so we're coming back. We're coming back. I'm going to talk about Thrive a Greeks founding and early history. So I'm going to talk about the founders, and I'll talk about the founding stories. So two main founders. We're going to start with Uka Eje. Uka was born and raised in a farming community in Benway States, Nigeria. Fascinating. Bankole, quiz time. We haven't done quiz time in a minute. Okay. Excited for quiz time. Yeah. What is Benway States in Nigeria most known for? Dang. I don't even know if it's... Don't, don't say anything scandalous. Don't even say know. anything scandalous, I even This know. is a PG podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't say something professional. It's farming now. and All I think about Ben is farming.
0: Bankally got it. Okay. It was an obvious answer because of the episode, but it's mostly known for agriculture and has a wide variety of crops that are produced locally, including oranges, mangoes, cassava, soya beans, yada. No, um, by the way, you know why I know
1: that, by the way? I know oh. people in Lagos who... So Lagos... Major cities in the US, major cities in Nigeria, uh, (laughs) which is just Lagos, maybe Abuja. A lot of the foodstuffs Mm. get very expensive because we talked about the logistics difficulties. So I know people who, for whom it's cheaper to rent a car, drive to Benue, and drive back with a lorry full of stuff. So you basically... Oh my God, Benway isn't close to Lagos at all, all way. Like group buying groceries via Benway because things are so cheap. And if there's a lot of people and you bring a lot of stuff... You can put it yeah, in like a Sienna and yeah. like a van and then bring a, a bunch yeah, of stuff. Amortize up, the, the Amongst, amongst like together. a bunch of families. So, yeah. So, I heard about that All I think my sister mentioned that once. So, is like, oh, me and a bunch of my friends are doing like, that's random. I guess tomatoes wow. matter.
0: But, yeah. Okay. Uh, how mixed. would you figure out? Okay. On top of that, how would you how figure spiraling. out? You, you yes. have to get things that don't spoil. No, even if it's Because otherwise. It, they drive it, and they drive it, back. It just now. now. Drive, it's like
1: a day. Long drive, dude. It's like two days. Yeah. What's going to spoil? Tomatoes. What's going to spoil? Wow, the okay. ones you get in Lagos don't. Dis- the ones you get to- don't disappoint. <laughs> you have to eat it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's- this is. I was going to tell a joke about cold chain, cold storage, but that's for another. It's not person. just price. Let's- it's not just
1: price as well. It's also quality.
0: That's mm. the other thing. So you get better quality and you get at better prices. Yeah, that sounds like a, a startup idea right there. Okay, so back to Uka. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That, all that part has to go. Uka was. <clears throat> <laughs> Uga was born and raised in a farming community. And then fast forward, he studied biochemistry at Covenant University in Oakland State. So he studied that 2008 to 2012. Immediately after he graduated from Covenant, he jumped into some agriculture role at a company called Royal Impact. And interesting thing about Royal Impact, they seem to be like a social enterprise, that supported farmers and agroprocessors. processors So first job out of university, was we'll straight into that. He also met his co-founder, future co-founder, who is Ayo Deji. We'll just call him Ayo for short. While he was in university, mm-hmm. and eventually both of them teamed up to form Fiverr Greek around 2016 2017 when he was around 25. Quick segue before we talk about the second founder, IO. Banky. What are your thoughts on younger founders? Because this is 25, first second job. What's your take on getting to startups sooner rather than later? Do you have any view on that? I've actually I was listening
1: to a podcast recently, and I will link to it with Jeff Jordan from of EBA Open Table just marketplaces. University yeah, yeah. Like, Jeff
0: Jordan from A6Z. 16
1: A6 z exactly. And he said marketplaces tend to draw young founders. And I was thinking about that framework in that it really depends on what they're doing and what sectors. So highly regulated sectors. So think Upstart and Dave Gerard would be mm. much more. It, it, it's required to be much more mature to know how that works, how a bunch of the ML stuff works to build something that is meaningful there. Versus if you're Building a marketplace, younger is better. Also, it just requires a lot more focus. It's a lot more pain and a lot of travel. That the younger you yes. are, the more that makes sense to you. Versus if you're forty, you're not going to be trying to go to Benway and twice a week, and then
0: <laughs> transport tomatoes. Yeah, transport tomatoes, smelt. <laughs> like, you just
1: wait. It's way less that. So, asked about what I feel about younger founders, I think it depends on the sector. Marketplace <laughs> is definitely younger, and I loosely agree with that thesis. I think highly regulated sectors you tend to want to go older, because yeah. it just takes a while to know where the bodies are buried. Otherwise, you make so many mistakes.
0: I agree. There are also exceptions, depends, though. There are
1: exceptions, by the way. I don't want to say there are no exceptions. Oh, everything has exceptions, but, of course. But generally, as a rule, I, I find that the more regulated it is, the more second-time founder stuff helps. Second-time, third-time founder stuff helps, regardless of age. But the more intense it is, the younger stuff helps. And what is an intersection? We can it figure it out.
0: Makes a lot of sense. I'll also add that it depends on your risk appetite. It depends on your responsibility, all the stuff you have. to. it depends on a lot of different factors. The reason I asked the question is, so this is episode 56, right? If you haven't listened to that many affordability episodes, this is your first episode. Founders have come in all different shapes and sizes. We've done fresh out of undergrad, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old. I don't know if you've had any 60-year-olds yet. But anyway, we've had all the different age ranges. We had dropouts. We had people that were running businesses. We had people that were in PE. In fact, there were multiple PE. We had people yeah. that were in VC funds. We had... Second, so, so there is no, the limitation is not really based on your age or background. It's just based on the opportunity. Yeah, So just wanted exactly. to point that out to people who are listening for the first time. Okay, so Ayo Deji Arikawe, we'll just call him Ayo. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. So Ayo also went to Confidence. Obviously, that's where he met Uka. Uh, he studied computer engineering, so a little bit different. They met during freshman year. They hit it off. And Ayo actually said they even tried some small businesses while they were in school. We don't want this to be a four-hour episode. We're not going to get to their businesses. Also, also. Let's just <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Lesson teacher books, selling CDs. Who, who was selling CDs? I think it was... Oh, man, we've done so many founders. Maybe Sim. forget. Just to be scandalous. Maybe. <laughs> this episode is it's so scandalous. Actually, no, that's a compliment. That's not even scandalous. Maybe you have some. to make money in school. That's... Okay, 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 okay. Sim, Sim me strikes
1: me as just one of the guys who talked about that was just, yeah, probably sold CDs. Probably sold. do it. Sold. Gotta do it. Why no, he had Why 15 not?
0: businesses. Definitely sold
1: CDs as one of them.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So they met... They tried a few businesses. Interestingly, looks like they even started to buy some farms back in, they had a maize farm, poultry farm, watermelon farm. That seems a bit random. And because of Io's background in computer engineering, he eventually mm-hmm. became the CTO and then Uka was the CEO. And here's how the founding story started. So one day they're having lunch in Lagos with a third friend. I know how you have some friends who just complain a lot. This was apparently one of those friends. So, their third friend worked in an agri processing company and it was complaining that they were having issues getting soybeans. Soybeans, yeah. Yes, soybeans, exactly. And
1: you have to link to that. we have video. to link to that video in the show notes. Please remember to link Yes,
0: or video. we're going to link to it for sure. It's a great story. So, the friend who always complains, don't quote me on that, is complaining they're having issues sourcing soybeans. And then the founders are thinking, oh, wow, this is interesting. So, we've done businesses in the past in college university if you're a Nigerian. We already have some small scale, tiny farms. I don't know why they own farms, but whatever. We have this friend who has this opportunity where they need this. And we have we know a lot of people in Benway because remember, Uka is from Benway. And also there's a technical founder because I also studied computer engineering. So they put it all together. They started a business and the business was called Faber-Greek and that's how they got started in 2016, 2017. Yeah. Thoughts? That's what
1: they say. When they say anywhere you are, God can bless you. <laughs>
0: scandalous. That's, this episode for real is scandalous. That's kelly, that's kelly Handsome.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it, it, it's a cool story. It's a cool story. It's basically one of, you need soybean. How many tons?
0: <laughs> I, I know a guy.
1: How many tons? Okay, make I just wait here. Wait here. Yeah. When you need and buy. Which time? Let me call well, someone. One of
0: my friends. That's it. No? One of my friends was telling me the other day that at the time when to Have A Greek was on the come up 2016, 2017, 2018. There are a lot of different companies, there are a lot of people doing something quite similar. I I guess this is why this is going to sound negative, but bear with me. The fundamental flaw of affordability is survivorship bias. So Mm. by the time we look at companies, even when we say, here's a pro, here's a con, whatever, we've already removed the companies that did the exact same thing, but didn't work. So the, the fundamental flaw of our entire podcast is, Survivorship bias of only looking at companies that were, were successful. Yeah. Really, to take out, we could look at every possible company. So, you know, as we go through this episode, don't think to replicate yeah. what they did to be successful because many people did the same thing, were not successful.
1: What's funny is I say this to people who talk about, for example, angel investing or reach out to me about angel yes. investing and say stuff like, this company raised this much, first of all, not an exit, or this company exited <laughs> exited, and somebody made money. I'm like, you'd be surprised how much they actually made from it, how many years, how successful <laughs> it was.
0: And oh, the wow, third and is a professor. And the the professors thir- are and not making any money. They're just doing research. Do you understand? Research assistant. Do you understand? <laughs> and th- Barclays to tell us about your research. The, the th-
1: you do you understand? And the third thing is for some of these companies, so when your bias is strong. I'm like, oh, but Paystack and Flutterwave. I'm like, look at ah. every single Google launchpad that Paystack was part of in 2016, 2017. Right. Look at the cohorts. So these guys, Starbucks were incubated in Ventures platform. In 2016 or 2017 let's look at that whole class all those domains are available for... to buy now so it's easy it's, it's easy to think that,
0: to get think it for that google the domains a, one dollar per month yes you,
1: you get it for google domains right now low-key basically so you need to really think through i know they, they had cooler names they weren't like driver mm-hmm. greek they had cooler mm-hmm. names a lot of those things did not really exist so i think people overestimate this survivorship bias, especially in Africa tech, where we haven't even had that much of a track record. And therefore the failures are not even easy to parse. It's almost like you can go back in global tech and look at e-commerce and be like, man, I don't want to invest in another web van and look at Instacart. Or I don't want to invest in another e-commerce and look at Guild Group, any of the ones that failed, or fab.com that grew and failed. So there's not a large institutional memory in the Africa tech ecosystem. So people keep cycling through the same things and, and be like, people say, oh my God, the idea is great. People need to give the smallholder farmers finance. What does that have to do with anything?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the going go to Warren Buffett. Oh, the idea is great, oh, give money. Even Warren, Bu- Warren Buffett will slap you. What
1: does that have to do with anything? Just, like, oh, I really believe in... As, as Okay, me too. <clears throat> but that's mean I'm going to give them money. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, honestly, I was having a conversation with someone literally two days ago about angel investing slash fund investing. It's a weird dichotomy. On one hand, it makes you super humble. Other hand, it makes you super arrogant. So let me tell you what that means. So here's how it makes you arrogant. People are emailing you, oh, I want you to invest, this is my company. Mm. So if you if you don't manage your ego, you could get full of yourself. Oh my God, all these people want to talk to me. First of all, they don't give a shit about you, they just want your money. <laughs> so get your ego down, number one. Number two, it makes you humble because you look at this company you're like, oh my God, business is good, founder is good, product is good, TAM is large. The tech makes sense. They already have some traction. Literally a few months later, it's all gone Dude, to it's shit. When, so it's a, it's, it's to when, when the emails work. dry up. It's when the- <laughs> No monthly update means the is completely and fucked. The emails, Rule number
1: one. The emails dry up. It's a very interesting, especially in an ecosystem that is just reaching. My, I, I honestly believe, and that's why we do this. That's why I do this. I honestly believe we haven't even reached anywhere near escape velocity. It's, never, never, it's not even close to rising. There's just not enough. Yet there's not enough capital. There's not enough entrepreneurs. There's just so much to do. Like, we are still at the early stages. So there's not enough. There's not enough institutional memory.
0: Like yeah. no, people still, not many people have lost significant sums of money yet. It's coming. And the people that have institutional memory, they're the ones that are most negative. So <laughs> this this episode is getting scandalous. So let's like, talk about just, Jason and Joku. Has telling, been in the game for. Jason people, is the most. <laughs> negative. You people don't know. People are dying here every time. People are dying. You keep coming. Shout out to Jason the I love that guy. Yeah. He's just honest. I love because he's been in the game long enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Shout out to so Jason. So all the older people know. Yeah. Shout out to all Jason. All the older people um, are
1: pretty much just trying to I think, <laughs> like, I believe the ecosystem, but can everybody just can your temperature come cheer. down a little bit? But,
0: correct. Yeah, but, no, the old school people know. Go, let's when we eventually chat with Colin or i kinda of ask him about the Nigerian tech ecosystem. I'm sure he'll be much more honest because he has a longer term view. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So coming back, whew, that was a crazy segue. So that is yeah. the founding story of Driver Greek. One thing I'll just point out to repeat, their initial launch strategy was very simple. Crowdfunding platform that connects investors, retail investors that want to make money with farmers slash farmers that want money. Now, it's not really money. It's the agricultural inputs and seeds and fertilizer. Let's just say money because you can convert it to that. So that's what they did initially. And that was their initial launch strategy, 2016, 2017, 2018. I'll pass it over to you, Yankee, to talk about the funding and expansion.
1: That was that model. We'll talk about it later and how the product works. But you as an investor you open an app you open a website you support a farm you get updates yeah. on the farm's progress also this is the thing that <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're lying to you they have a tech writer updates. <laughs> see fake stories they have a, a out,
1: journalism yeah. underground telling them rain fell yesterday <laughs> <laughs>
0: But in fact, I fell asleep. The rain was too much, so we had to go and cover the plants so that the tomato would not spoil. It. That's reckless. <laughs> oh my dude, god, I couldn't imagine I getting don't know. 25 updates. From I don't know,
1: dude, I would be so pissed off with the updates. Like, I would invest, but if I got the updates, I'd be really pissed off. What do you want to tell me? The tomato leaves are looking nice now. <laughs> Any moment now, they'll start fruiting.
0: Here's a photo of the leaf looking great in, in Jigawa State. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, Monthly updates from farmers, that's super funny. I digress. Anyway, but okay. this was a
1: this was honestly, at the time they were saying this was actually too good to be true. They give you capital, they protect your capital, at least they appeared mm-hmm. to be so. And right. They give you returns and they give you monthly updates on how the capital is going. And
0: 15, 20, 30%, six, nine months. Six, nine months. I'm glad they were able to raise more money later to change everything. (laughs) That's all I'll say. They quickly raised money and changed the whole business model. Oh my God, I have so many jokes about this company. Uh, But on the the real though.
1: One of the things that
0: comes up is
1: repeatedly with this crowdfunding was more, if it's so profitable, you don't need to borrow money for it, fam. If it's so profitable, you can do it yourself. You know, how people come to have a business idea. If you just give me $300, mm-hmm. I'll give you 2000000 million. I'll be like, Yeah. I feel like you can put it on a credit card. But I have it. a lot of
0: comments, but I'm not going to comment. Fundraising.
1: Okay. Fundraising. Mm-hmm. So, the, it, this was the total sum according to Cron's is 56 million, I think, or 58 million and 56, but that was debt. It wasn't mm-hmm. really, it was difficult to parse. So, I'm going to say, I'm going to do it in phases. So, they were incubating a ventures platform. That would have come yeah, with yeah, some capital. No. Shout out to Colin. That would have come with some money, at least, mm-hmm. as well. They also applied to YC in 2019, right. they got into YC, and YC has limits on yeah. how big you can be and how much you have to have raised before you join YC. So, right. apparently, did you know that they applied three times before they got into YC? So, obviously, okay. like 26 2017, and they applied multiple to get to YC?
0: Funny story, shout out to my man, Tunde, Tunde Car from Bendy's. So Tunde was telling me the story. <laughs> Which is <laughs> hilarious. I was telling him, yo, how many companies you know, that applied the most times before they get into YC? And he told me about Emotu from Sandbox who applied four times before getting it. I was like, no, we are, uh, four times. Why? I confirmed it. So yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Dude, you got to hustle. Dude, so I don't blame them.
1: And as somebody in both ecosystems,
0: it makes a difference. Obviously. Even if you have to, you have to apply a hundred times, why? So what? what? Isn't it money?
1: The valuation <laughs> is very different. You know how I of know? Of course you have to apply. You know how I know? Yeah. For me also, because maybe I'm part of a network of investors mm-hmm. in the state side, is when, I, when people start asking me about random Nigerian startups, that's another, know uh, <laughs>
0: things are popping we're in a recession man recessions are i as someone who studies recessions, it's so exciting to be in a recession and i mean it with obviously full empathy for people that are going through something but it's from an economic perspective it's interesting to to measure the psychology of it so fundraising so
1: yeah they've raised some money i did i don't know if you saw this i saw conversation so when you announced the 56 million debt funding in march of this yes. year march 2022, march
0: 2022.
1: when i announced that I thought they referred to a January Series A of $9 million. But I didn't find that in Crunchbase. I didn't find that anywhere else. So I don't want to say that. But at the same time, it makes you wonder. They have to have funded their existence beyond the seed money yes. they got from different places. For sure. They also got a grant from USAID of $1.8 million I saw dollars that. as well.
0: I thought that I was saw cool. That.
1: So they raised a bunch of grant way, money
0: as well. Which is what I was saying about Apollo's business. They
1: raised <laughs> some grant money. They raised some money. The interesting thing about that fundraising is not the. It's not just the absolute number, I think. It's a million which is, million massive. There, which is massive, is that they raise a lot of debt. And this is something that I'm very happy that they did, even as a as an observer, in part because mm. it's one of the is the obvious next step, which is if this agriculture is really give you twenty percent in nine months and you've convinced the insurance company to ensure the downside, you don't need anybody's money for that. People that invest in does this podcast I listen to Kevin
0: Systrom on,
1: on oh Kevin Systrom founder on, of Instagram uh, yeah founder of Instagram on Lex Friedman the where he talked mm-hmm. about where he talked about angel investing and him asking Elon Musk if he angel invests. if does mm-hmm. so Kevin Kevin Systrom asked Elon Musk hey do you angel invest in startups I see stuff Musk was like that's the dumbest thing I ever heard
0: first of all Elon Musk is raw that's the first Elon Musk thing said
1: to <laughs> something to those words that he fact that's the dumbest thing I ever heard that yes yes I have money but then I invest in myself. That's what I do with the companies mm-hmm. I have. I'm the best right. investment I can make. So I just invest in myself. Right. So I don't invest oh, in other okay. things.
0: Okay, let me ask you a question. What if you're not the best investment you can make? What if you're deep inside? Maybe <laughs> he's talking about himself. <laughs> if you do not deep that. Okay, let me just say, if you're a Nigerian founder, don't do what Elon Musk does. We can't all be Elon Musk. So, that's so, the first comment. So what, what he did is invest in himself
1: because he believes that's the best return on his investment. The point right. back to Thrive Agri, how this is relevant is, it's almost you don't need... Joe on the street, uh, Michael Bancoli's money in Tsurilera's money to invest, to make money from the farmers, right? Because they Mm -hmm. only get a percentage back. Go get the money from somewhere else. Use your own money and recycle it in the business or get debt to grow quicker. And they went and got $56 million of debt, which is pretty massive. I don't think that, I don't think there's another company that has raised that much debt other than Move raised $100 million in debt, one hundred and ten for the car financing business. But I don't know there's people that have raised that much money in debt.
0: That's a good point. I don't know what to feel about it. I'm looking at their fundraising, grants, debts, grants, debts, grants. I I, I want to do my conclusion. I'll leave it till the end. But just a quick summary is just the nature of the business just seems to be not venture, venture uh, capital type business.
1: Yeah, maybe I actually, I'm not looking at that as a metric. I'm looking at that as
0: a positive signal, which is if you have it's like so you pipe. think it's on purpose. That's what I they think, wanted to do. They didn't go to It's not that the venture people told them to no, go away. They went to the debt people.
1: I think their profile means that they can access cheaper debt and finance that with the income payments they get it from the farms and keep more of the equity in the business and not sell. That's what you that's would the do hope. if you have a business that speeds cash. It's, it's a car. The car wash model is that. Yes. So that's exactly. Isn't that what this guy does? Um, pipe. There are a lot of businesses that do that. They finance SaaS revenues. And if you're a yes. small business, a startup that does SaaS, they take your receipts, they securitize them, they sell them, so Oh you yeah. have to oh, your business. Oh, oh,
0: oh, no, Pipe is different. <laughs> no, but these guys are also some version of <laughs> they, steady cash flow. not be reckless. The- Pipe is looking at other startups, businesses, and transactions. So Pipe has an actual business that they're doing. This is, it's all, it's a black box. Are there farmers on the other end? Yes. Is farming business going to grow like a startup? No. So please don't compare them to Pipe. No, Pipe but is investing w- in startups. Startups are going up and to the no, right. Farm but-
1: businesses' side. No- I want to disagree. They will acquire more farmers. <clears throat> there's six six million people in that in the thing. There's 32 million, there's 35 million smallholder farmers, whatever you imagine. How many do they have? A couple thousand. They'll go double that in two months. That's
0: what they're raising for. Okay, okay. And I then can't they'll take it's gonna they'll, be great.
1: and then they'll take that debt. I'm just saying hypothetically, I like, do you know I'm more yeah. an auditor. You're backtracking
0: they'll, all of a sudden.
1: I'm not backtracking. I just want to be clear that I'm not like I don't know more than what is public.
0: Um, of course same i i don't either i'm just doing hypothetical if you're listening and you work a pipe sorry for Bancoli's insult. no you're, these are very different companies one yeah. is literally giving money to startups that can grow 100 500x this is giving money to farmers that grow linearly or to the right yes
1: yes they're giving money to the yes. engine that creates new farmers that creates new <laughs> maize
0: yes so i don't want to discuss I like this it.
1: and they have a lot okay. of margin of safety if they can go 2x 3x the other thing that comes up in the business is one for the conclusion is this farmer safe. F- How many loans do they need? <laughs> <laughs> because the people that line up to loan farmers money, they are becoming much and much.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: You want hundred million dollars? Is in naira.
0: <laughs> ah. Anyways. Anyway, okay. So on the on the positive side, the good thing is they that was have positive, been able too. to convince. Hopefully. They have been able to convince different stakeholders of their worthiness, their model, their structure. 2018, Google Launchpad. Yeah. 2019, YC. End of 2019, Go Global Fund. Yeah. Okay, so they have been able to convince a bunch of different people. So something is working there. And yeah, anything else you want to say on their founding piece? Before no, I, I th- product?
1: So that's it. Essentially, they are in Nigeria only. They also did something creative. Again, existing programs that work with farmers, with the CBN, with several state governments. Lots of videos, tons of videos. They're on their Facebook, on their YouTube. Go watch them. And they work with, we'll talk about this a bit more on the product, but they work with local farmers and, farm and farming networks. They have field officers that they recruit to go check the farmers. Yes. And Apollo was more, as I researched Apollo, it was easier to figure out, this is the value chain of Apollo and I, for the content that Apollo created. And these guys mm-hmm. are much more sweeping drone shots, feel-good stories, okay. interviews one-on-one, pictures of chickens. Versus, A happens, then B happens, and if C works, then D happens, and if E works, then F happens. These guys are much more. It it is an unfair comparison. Stuff.
0: It's an unfair comparison because Apollo has been doing the same business model for six years. These guys just pivoted a year ago, and then also even Apollo. You should count the other business because they took like Eli's former business. So if you count the end-to-end business model, maybe it's twelve years. These guys, unless you're counting the crowdfunding part of the same, but that was a bit different. Yeah.
1: So. yeah, I agree. I agree. I I was saying how difficult it was to it find to parse. In, yes, to, to parse the information agree. of exactly how it works and how the returns go out to people compared to Apollo where it was much more straightforward in the marketing content. And especially mm-hmm. because their model has changed now where they don't need to explain to me, they need to explain to people that give them $55 million dollars how working. So it's not me that needs to know. It's the people that give them money.
0: Okay. And then one more thing I'll add on the fundraising pieces. The specific reason they said they raised around 50, 60 million dollars of debt was to expand to Ghana, Zambia and Kenya. So basically mm. moving outside of Nigeria and do so. Moving some, to
1: Apollo territory.
0: Exactly. Kenya on the East Coast, Ghana close to Nigeria. And then, yeah, that was the most important thing. You want to do, talk about geo expansion or team, anything no, else on that?
1: No, that's it. that's no, it. Nothing, no, right? No, no. Yeah, nothing else.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll talk a little bit about the product and Banky, feel feel free to to jump in. So I'm going to do a Mm -hmm. deep dive into product strategy. First thing you need to know is there was basically a pre-COVID product strategy and then a post-COVID product strategy. Let's start with the pre-COVID piece. So reminder, they started off crowdfunding platform Connects. Retail investors and farmers. Okay, we already said that we got it. But instead of hearing that from us, I here's actually a clip from Thriver Greek explaining the way their business runs. And this clip also has some interviews with actual retail crowd funders and how they felt about the platform before COVID.
2: Someone ask, why are we so particular about smallholder farmers? At the moment, they, the food we consume in Nigeria, 70 to 80% of that comes from the smallholder farmers. And if we cannot solve the problems of those smallholder farmers, Will soon, will soon as a country as a nation, run into food security issue. As Trevor Greek, the process we've come up with to solve this problem is to first of all identify communities and farmers that are credit worthy. The, the field officer monitors or supervises the farmers and their fields from the day they pick up the input up until harvesting. Uh, he also is responsible for, you know, ensuring the farmers are trained on the agronomy practices um, which includes planting fertilizer application, um, first and second of course. We have mapped out a very clear-cut process of growth for the farmers. That way we feel the farmers are making progress and then number one what we've been able to solve in year one is to see that on the same field a farmer is making 12-15 um, bucks per hectare that is 1.5 metric tons the farmer can clearly make 3.54 metric tons now. And then, as a business, we are currently doing up to 20,000 farmers. There's no way we can manage that kind of venture without really applying tech, right? So, we have a very robust database, as well as an ERP, that helps us to network all the farmers in there. This technology helps us to be able to have a history. Or the assigning or seeing how our progress is because it's detailed and we we'll
1: know who entered what and, and when it was entered so at a particular time you know the effectiveness and the efficiency of your staff.
3: I heard about a, tribe, a Greek on Instagram uh, about a year ago and um, Money Africa was talking about investing and how a Greek Tech was the in thing so um, she actually uh, mentioned um, Tribe Agric as one of the platforms and then I checked it out and it was amazing and I decided to just try it. So the reason I got interested in funding a farm was because I was looking for um, tools to be able to invest my money because saving wasn't enough right so um, I wanted something to be able to a platform where I can put in my money and then get it back after a period of time with interest. And then um, I checked it out, the rates were amazing. I think um, the first farm I funded was the um, poultry farm and it had about um, 15% interest over six months, which was beautiful.
2: I didn't know whether Strive Agri farms were insured, number one. Number two is that I wasn't sure whether I would get my returns back on investment. Number three also was that I wasn't sure whether Stripe Agri was just like another poison scheme. So my experience farming with Stripe Agri has been really nice, awesome. Um, so unlike some places where you farm, you get regular updates about farming um, farm funding and also you, you can also, it's easy, you're accessible also. You can call anybody. I mean, sometimes I call Fates like six, asking her some ridiculous question and she always come answering me.
3: So Thank you, Tribe Agri for the opportunity. I can actually fund a farm and be part of the agriculture um, sector without being a farmer. <laughs> yeah, and um, keep doing what you're doing. Well done, guys.
2: So these trainings hold once in every month. At the end of every month, the training, the 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 farmers are invited for trainings as well as meetings. So the the training after the meeting, they, I mean the training, they discuss um, you know general pro- progress of the venture. And it's very interesting to see that some of these meetings even help keep the farmers um, to know themselves. You know, some of, some of them are not. I mean, they are coming from different com- communities, and then they help solve even each other's pro- problems. You see that. Um, the farmer already has some certain kind of pace on his farm before, and there's a certain way he dealt with that issue. The moment another farmer say, Yeah, I have this issue, you see, clearly he was he'll be willing to, you know, provide some assistance or some advice on how to care about that. So it's not just we dishing out solutions, but solution even comes from within. Okay, so coming back from that clip, it was clear
0: the business seemed to be going mostly fine before COVID. Things were going swimmingly. But 2020 was not a good year for Greeks. So let's go through what happened. So 2020, January to 2020, April, COVID escalated, the world ended, Nigeria went into lockdown mm-hmm. and it had some cascading effects on their business. It was harder for farmers to get access to farming inputs because of the supply chain was closed and then Thrive of Greeks off takers, which is the term they use. were well, basically buyers or businesses to purchase the output from farmers were not able to purchase the goods either because of logistics, supply, or money, whatever. So that meant all the money that Thriver Greek would have given back to the retail crowd funders was dried up. Because obviously remember, Thriver Greek is in the middle of all the different players, and they can only give money back to the crowd funders if they get money, first of all, from the suppliers. So so what happened because of that? Massive social media backlash. I'm going to add a link. It was incredible. Uh, I realized that Twitter is a very good place to complain in Africa tech, just because of this. But it was vicious. Basically, are they a scam? Are they taking my money? Can I trust them? Is it a Ponzi scheme? Yada, yada. But a big blow up in 2020 because of this.
1: Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the banter we're having comes from. Because it was like mm-hmm. a great, for skeptics like I was, for skeptics like me, it was mm-hmm. a great, it was a great, aha, finally,
3: COVID yeah. has happened.
1: COVID has happened and now they're telling me the farm something. The What's, COVID? Has no What's COVID inside the farm? Obviously, they had good yeah. rationale for why, yeah. why it
0: happened. No, you can still farm, but then how do you sell the output? So it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But it was one of those, oh, the chickens have come home to roost type stuff. But I wasn't. I wasn't. I thought it was done. And then they hired, right?
0: Yes. And yes. then they
1: repaid everybody. And then they went and raised yes. more capital. So that was like, yes. maybe I'm wrong.
0: I I I love love it. it. Okay, Bankole is taking us forward in the story. I love it. Okay, so 2020 October, they hired Adia, uh, who used to be at Migo Migo, and she was the interim CEO. So Uka stepped aside, he became the COO handling operations, and then she tried to take them through this crisis. And we don't want this to be a four-hour episode, but listen to the article she did for The Flip. Shout out to Justin Norman, friend of the pod, where she explains how she helped them figure out their communications plan, the transformation plan. So she came there for, she signed a six month deal contract and then she helped turn things around. One thing I think is cool about the story is she said a bunch of people came to her her house, which I thought was funny. So the investors, so Kola, I know, came to the house to convince her and then Uka himself also came and then she took the gig. So yeah, I won't spoil it, read the article, but fascinating. She also spoke about how she thought about the value, the communication plan, how they interface with the different players, how to get them through it, cool. Okay, 2021 made, like Banco Lee said, to have a Greek claim that they had paid all the crowd funders. And, and, and the noise, noise
1: were, also reduced on social media. So you know that they've paid because people yes, would have exactly. been
0: kept quiet. For sure. Like but One thing I will say is Nigerians on Twitter are raw. I re- Someone was telling me something a few years ago. There's By a raw, you mean violent. I, I meant direct, but okay. sure, you could go with your inter- interpretation. As in the unfiltered. Maybe that's a better yeah.
1: word. No, violence yeah. is a, it's a slang. You don't know anything. You don't know anything about... Violence is a
0: slang? You're don't living w- in, you're living don't in a dream world. You know, you're wanna, not on planet Earth. I don't want to talk about it all in day. You don't know that, what's that happening. Word on st- that word actually it has a meaning. That word actually has a meaning. It means realize. something in a different Wait, Nigerian context. On topic, back on topic. Okay, <clears throat> thank you. So they claimed they had paid all the crowdfunders, but they were indefinitely suspending all crowdfunding operations and future plans. So a bit a bit strange. That's the end of their pre-COVID strategy. So post-COVID strategy pivoted away from crowdfunding because they started even, to do even, something. Sorry, sorry. Take a step back. If you're a bank, this is better
1: than even buying government T-bills, right? From a return, because by ah, the way. Yes, but, but
0: you won't you not get the same allocation size, but you get that you get a higher return.
1: Yeah, my point is. This is a great investment because they market it as downside secured, which is... Government's
0: downside to a secured government
1: bonds. Exactly. Although Nigerian
0: government is not US government.
1: But the return profile (laughs) is equivalent and similar. So you are basically giving people crazy returns. You're not making 30% in in six months, in three months on a Nigerian government bond, right? And
0: because I've done this, way easier to go through this than government C bills Government C bills okay, for the audience, um, we're going to do a quick segue. There's no beautifully designed government app you click through, you make an account, you buy government yeah. signals. no when, when I did it, admittedly, this yeah. is ten years ago. I had to do it through my bank, go yeah. to my bank branch, tell them that they would buy it for me. It was basically a very roundabout way to do it. In fact, my bank didn't even advertise it on their own website. Yeah. the bank only confirmed they could do it after I told them, so this is US. This is u s
1: this is u s by the way in Nigeria, you can do it through a broker, but you still need an allocation, so you need a broker and allocation, and yeah, good luck.
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. So that was their pre-COVID strategy. Post-COVID, they pivoted away from all of that and started to do something extremely similar to Apollo. In fact, it's so similar. Let me recap what Apollo did, and I'll tell you what they did, and you see the differences. So Apollo episode 55, they claim they provide end-to-end solutions for farmers, including credit financing, access to seed and fertilizer inputs, advisory services, insurance and market access. Okay, what is Tigre Greek's new business? They provide advisory services, capital capital, and distributions help them sell. So basically exactly the same except less talk about insurance even though if you dig on the website they also do insurance it, I don't know if it's a coincidence yeah maybe it's not a coincidence it's highly similar I will say if you talk about the differences they talk less about the satellites geo mapping, bullshit AI
1: risk assessment yeah. they talk Correct. less about those things
0: right but it's almost it's highly similar specifically if you dive into the diesel of the product they say they have something called AOS great name agriculture operating system which is aimed to improve efficiency of farmers in the farming process. And it does a bunch of different things. Mapping helps onboard farmers, records visits, helps them manage their inventory and on. So that is the yeah. new product strategy and product model. The other, the, uh, will we talk
1: about monetization in a second?
0: Yeah, I'm going to talk about monetization later. Okay, yeah. 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 But
1: anything yeah. on the product piece? No, it makes sense. I do the before and after is one of those obvious, clear next steps. I think it's almost yeah. obvious in retrospect.
0: Yeah, so the, the business model, Is as you would expect agents go to farmers, they onboard the farmers, get on the platform Farmers sign an agreement. They help the farmers increase their yields by giving them inputs. When the yields are good, they split the profits of the farmers by selling it. It's it's basically exactly like Apollo, right? So no, no difference. They use ussd offline because the farmers are poor. They don't have access to smartphones. If you've listened to the other episode it's the same. One thing I will note, which wasn't clearly articulated on their website is the depth of credit worthiness scanning, and approach. So bankali alluded yeah. to this a few minutes ago. It's unclear, like, how are they figuring out the credit worthiness of the farmers? Now, um, someone could say, oh, why do you care about the credit worthiness at all? All that matters is you have insurance. You can figure out some numbers from the plot size, plot quality, but they didn't give a lot of information yeah, on that insurance, compared insurance, to Apollo. Insurance
1: also doesn't work like that. I don't think an insurer would just be like, okay, this insurance."
0: Without thinking the, about the underlying risk. I'm, I was just playing devil's advocate. I mm-hmm. agree with you. Okay, so that is it for the product strategy. I will also talk a little bit about... Okay, so jo- just to summarize, quickly summarize. Pivoted from crowdfunding platform, that got people, got retail investors to make more money. Now they focus on larger institutional sources of debt capital, and they're using large sources of debt capital to give farmers money. Okay, what crops they focus on? They focus on maize, rice, and soybeans, but they're planning to expand some more grains in the future. What GEOs are they in? They were primarily Nigeria, Nigeria, specifically Bauchi, Jigawa, Kaduna, Kano. They now claim they're in other countries, Kenya yeah. and Nigeria, because of the money they just raised. By looking at all the materials and media, though, it looks like it's still mostly Nigeria, even though they claim to have started operations in Kenya and Ghana. So yeah. that's the crops in GEO. Okay, normally this is a section where we talk about UX and design. I make fun of the apps. We'll skip that for today, but just remember the list is ugliest app is Apollo, second ugliest chipper cash, Opay, most attractive coup de bank, ugliest website, Gigi. Telcom South Africa, most attractive website, paystack. We're going to skip it, but I'm pretty sure it'd have been ugly, but we're going to skip it today. Monetization. Okay. At a high level, the monetization is pretty straightforward. They should be taking a cut of the overall farmer's harvests, basically operations-based, but the specific way they take, they make money is dependent on the quality and uh, the size of the harvest. So previously in their old model, when they were crowdfunding platform, they would just take a product margin, right? So they buy crops from the farmers, they sell to off-takers, they take a margin. They also have a yield spread. They offer people some yield. The -hmm. farmers have higher yield, they take the spread. In their new model, it looks like it would be quite similar to Apollo in that they could make money on the loans they get. Yeah. Although they're not really financial loans, they're seed input loans, but that's neither here nor there. They could also make some money on the farm products margin. So basically mm-hmm. when the farmers sell their output to the agribusinesses, they take a cut. So I think those are the primary ways they make money. Basically, exactly like Apollo. But the big thing for the audience to know is it's highly dependent on the harvest output. Everything yeah. I just said are the sub-tenants of that. If the farmer doesn't have a good harvest, there's no money for Apollo or anyone else to take. So what, any thoughts once, on monetization?
1: Yeah, when they did crowdfunding, I found an interview from them saying they do a 40-40-20 profit sharing model where mm. 40% of the profit goes to farmers, 40% mm. to subscribers, which is you mm-hmm. and I, man on the street. Yeah, we and see, those
0: are re- retail 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 farmers, investors. And, the,
1: and the, the startup takes the remaining 20%. What it doesn't say, it's almost like in ride sharing, in things that are non-zero, it's Uber takes 15% of every ride or 25% of every ride. It's like obvious. There's always going to be a non-zero amount for the ride and the ride will never be minus $20. You'll <laughs> But
0: pay <laughs> you so money to leave the house? It's almost
1: funny where it's like, what if... There is no profit, but there's already a cost incurred. It's almost like the profit sharing model doesn't tell the whole story. What about the equity sharing model? For want of a better word, the P&L sharing model is a more interesting thing. And yeah. it was where they alluded to that they had insurance. But Lidway Insurance put out some dangerous tweets, man. <laughs> Did you see those tweets? So Lidway told... On, on so dates. When, so when this happened, so take a yes. step back. When COVID. this happened during COVID... They ever, Of course, people went to Lidoo because Lidoo is prominent on their website. Lidoo insures them, insures Farm Crowdy. Lidoo says, I you guys keep coming <laughs> to my office. All right? I have a relationship <laughs> with Farm Crowdy and Thriver Greg. Go ask them about your money, all right? Don't ask me. Is- <laughs> this is the equivalent of... A- Yo, um... <laughs> Lidwe, you know what he tell Lidwe, hey, you haven't showed my money. Lidwe say, we, you
0: your money, fam. My my friend owns a bunch of rental property and he has a property management company that's supposed to manage everything. But every once in a while, a tenant will ask him a question. He said he has a standard response. Here are the contact details of the property management yeah. office sent. Yeah. No matter what they send, he just does that. Lidwe, so that's Lidwe exactly he, that. He, Lidwe, he has Lidwe, business with them.
1: Lidwe, he did up with a royal we. The number you're calling is not is <laughs> currently switched off. The number you're calling is not available. Or the number you're calling does not exist on the V-Mobile network. So anyways, that's, that's how they so make money. It. And I think mm-hmm. that's what not clear. And I, as I get to my own conclusion, what will bother me is more what is the what happens when it's down. For many of the businesses we look at, for Apollo, it's like they make a loan. They make a portfolio of loans. Some of them go bad. Some of them don't but the portfolio is going to be fine and strong because of their risk control measures and the satellite stuff they have. And therefore, mm-hmm. there's a bull or bear case to be had or discussion to be had. But here, it's not clear to me, even with institutional investors, and maybe it starts to be different, maybe it starts to be good at the portfolio because it's masked out. But here, it wasn't quite clear how... I didn't Listen to your Nicole. inner voice,
0: man. Listen to your inner voice. Your voice is telling you something. Your spirit is telling you something about the company. Listen to it. Uh, we're going to talk but about it in our wait, wait. Okay, other general stats we have about them. How many farmers were on board? So around 2021 yeah. March, they had between 50,000 and 70,000 farmers. 2022 March, they had around 200,000 farmers. So high growth rate, 4x in a year. However, 2020, 2022 March. Yes, they had around 200,000. Is that the same numbers you have or something? Yeah, farmers yeah, yeah, yeah. On board? I'm trying to see how many employees they have. Oh, I don't know about employees. I'm only talking about number of farmers. Okay, okay, go Um, ahead. Oh, did I say employees by mistake? No, you said farmers, you said farmers. Okay, farmers, okay. So it looks like they're having super high growth rate of farmers onboarded. However, the 2021 numbers are depressed because of COVID. So leave that to the side. If I were to summarize, I would say their product has evolved a little bit. Their pivot sort of makes sense in terms of managing risk and the issues they went through. I am curious to see how Apollo's business model works in Nigeria considering some of the downsides of Apollo's business model. And considering it still has, it's basically almost the exact same thing with a slightly yeah. different market. Like it's a bigger market. Nigeria is obviously way bigger than Kenya. I think yeah. Nigeria is 200-ish million. Kenya is 50 million. So 4X, GDP 5X bigger. It's bigger, mm-hmm. but I'm still not as convinced because I wasn't convinced by Apollo. And mm-hmm. Apollo literally took a lift and shift model and has more experience in this. So I'll talk more yeah. about it in my conclusion. But I'll pass it to talk about the competition exit.
1: Yeah. 200K Two, uh, farmers is a large number. When yes. Think about the, the amount of employees you would need to manage that. And how yes. to distribute that because how many employees they
0: have. Yeah, it, it sounds like a good number.
1: Okay, so let's talk about competition and how they exist. So there's a lot of, there's some competitions, some have died, some have lived. There are <laughs> other crowdfunding companies without naming some, names. Some famous,
0: some less famous.
1: The most prominent one, so uh, how I think competition is two different parts one is other crowdfunding, one is just other credit. So other crowdfunding is, crowd, Farm Crowd is a big one. Famous. That still exists, still does stuff, still famous. Great name, by the way. Also, mm. I really like the Thrive a Greek logo. I didn't tell you that at the beginning. The logo is oh, fire. Okay. If you watch a Thrive a Greek and want to send me some swag, I'll rock it. <laughs> so, this is just putting that out there. By the way, if I start up that we've covered and want to send me some swag, I'll rock it. I live for swag. Ooh, yeah, for, for,
0: for real. With any company's name on it. Even if we say yeah. something bad about the company, yeah. it's even we'll better. Jumia swag? Give us <laughs> swag. I'll have a mug with Jumia okay, with some cool. coffee in it. Black yeah, coffee. Good. Which you don't drink. Um, to compensate for the lack of diversity in their leadership team, wah wah wah, woo, straight bullets, <laughs> yo, yo. Pop,
1: pop, pop. woke up and chose violence. Anyways, moving on. So there's other crowdfunding platforms they can slice some of that can that. Obviously, people have alternatives too. By the way, you do have to be a crowdfunding platform. This thing is a zoo. Awesome Everybody's running. because <laughs> it's money. Isn't it giving
0: people money? There are many investment apps that you can click a box and say, me six months. Bapoli is famous on for a <laughs> It's very easy to give money. <laughs> it's Bapoli. hard to collect it. <laughs> Anyone can give money in Nigeria. is it to give money? Bapoli, the superstar from Affrability, famous line... Very, they, have you collected back before? Have you collected money back before? There's something called NPL and repayment rates. Those two things, you need to know them. That's more important so than anything else. People always oh. say, congr- Congratulations on investment. That will happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the soccer stage of all the cash flow. Anyways, that's one type of competition, other crowdfunding platforms. There's businesses that can slice off parts of their market. Some provide inputs, some provide access to markets like affects that does you can trade on warehouse receipts really cool definitely future episode it's one of the more fascinating companies that do commodity exchanges oh I, I heard about
0: them they, they, Friend. They, go ahead go ahead
1: no you the warehouse receipts that you can then trade basically it's what commodity trading is and you can buy and hold on hedge your exposure for different things and get stuff delivered if you want or trade those re- warehouse receipts like commodity trading anywhere in the world so basically yes developing a evolved commodity exchange
0: a friend of the podcast, VDBD, likes it and was actually one of, one of the initial investors. So, shout out.
1: It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm. So, there are also other credit facilities. So, they've raised 56 million. Every six months, the Central Bank of Nigeria is also announcing 10 billion Naira facilities <laughs> for farmers. Edo State <laughs> is announcing something facilities
0: for farmers. So, how much actually gets to the farmers? I love these kinds of things. I would bet between 1% and 5% gets to the farmers. So, every time mm-hmm. I see that, it just means someone is getting paid. That person is not the farmers. So, In theory, shout out to, to, to middlemen.
1: In theory, these other credit facilities are definitely a better resource for farmers than giving up 60% of your profit. This way they're oh, giving yes. up for this stuff. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so why not take CBN money at 4% Naira or whatever? Why not take literally anybody else's money Correct. at 12% Naira? Take the knowledge that you've gotten from Thrive Gregory the last farming season. Go to the oh, exact same you're talking same about thing.
0: churn. You're vicious. You're talking about churn oh my I'm god that's about, I'm real i'm talking that's about real. competition and trying they turn yeah, off after yeah. they get the education it's perfect yeah, that's what i would yeah
1: do. and they're like oh i figured it out why give up 60 percent? i used to do 50 bags when i do 300 bags but i have to give 100 on 50, 120 of those
0: to." but do we trust that split number isn't that from their old business model the new business model may have a complete difference
1: no i'm saying why else would you the new business model have a different split but how much different is the split <laughs> given all the middlemen involved.
0: Assume, assume the worst while wow, you're... Yeah,
1: okay, no, okay. I'm not assuming the worst. I, don't, I will not have you present me as a hater. What did you say? I will not have you, you say? present me as a hater. <laughs> okay, okay. no. In Greek. there is capital, middle-layer, farmer. In the competition, there's capital, farmer. That's what I mean. So therefore, right. the, the farmer and the capital get to keep more. Tio, so, so
0: you're bold enough to believe the government money is going directly to the farmers. I have a bridge I want to sell you. N- there are more middlemen and the government stuff that's fair that's fair that's fair. government's that's giving reason. money to farmers in nigeria hmm. that's fair that's fair hmm. i'm a farmer send money to my account Exit. I,
1: you collect the body and say ah really did not follow
0: <laughs> i'm so sorry but i'm so sorry, yeah, I'm so sorry. If, i don't am know what happened
1: fell, i prayed if, i prayed though if you go and check the maze is still in the ground i don't, I don't prayed know man
0: all night for seven days
1: sure know. you give me another one so we can plant for next year this episode is big. Oh, I'm in stitches. Let me, okay. Let me, let me go out. Let me even go out. Open farm is truly really the rate. Okay. Exit. exit. Well, how could they? How do you think they can exit in the future? They can't exit now, obviously. Why? Nobody collect <laughs> their money back. The money is gone.
0: <laughs> how could they exit? Investors. Venture's platform they, they, doesn't want they, to exit. They'll sell now. They'll sell to. Uh, they'll sell to a, a company, a large financing company. And the financing not... company will be a part of the agri-tech part of their portfolio. It, I don't have I, high hopes.
1: I was thinking about it, right? It's like, What do you buy? Usually buying these things. You buy operations or processes. Like, oh my God, these guys mm-hmm. have a great engine to do X. You buy distribution. These guys have a good engine, a good pipe, series of pipes that can put X on and reach anybody. Like people who invested in Food Pro in Nigeria, the distribution company of Indomie, right? Or you invest in like these customers. They have customers that can put X on them. Or you invest for competitive threats. You buy from mm. competitive threat. And mm. I don't see any of these being super strong in Thriver Greek as like a reason.
0: Aren't there uh, companies that would like to reach farmers and offer them services? But I don't when know, we for talk- those companies, why don't they just partner? Why would they buy them? If you're, uh, who should we pick on, Team Apt. Team wants to offer some sort of service to farmers. What do they buy? Just do a partnership and reach them anyway? I don't know.
1: It, yeah. It's also even, but why? The farmers <laughs> are not really that. They're not really having that. So, what's, what's,
0: what's the about Like, you get me? I do really have really What did you say about Okada? Is it the bikes? You said they have three thousand bikes. Who wants to buy used bikes? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, you, it's, oh, you're wicked. It's, you're brutal. Uh,
1: I'm not brutal. I, I will not <laughs> okay. have you present me as a hater. Um, <laughs> What's this? I would not have
0: you. This I like. Yes. You're very polite. I like it. I will not I like have it. you present me as a hater.
1: Anyways, okay. The, the mm-hmm. point about this, none of these things are striking now in this phase of their business, and mm-hmm. that I see a path down the path. That however, what I will say is, if this business is, is as they say it is, and they're spitting out like, they will be spitting out so much cash that they don't even really need this. They will be spending so, so much so cash. So you IPO then? No, I'm saying Chick-fil-A. I'm saying privately held cash cow.
0: So for example, chick fil And then they'll yeah. just pay out and all no better out of the cash. Yeah. yeah I see. You're assuming they're super successful right? Base camp, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Got it. Well,
1: am, am, I, am I cracking a joke?
0: Approbability stand-up hour.
1: I'm saying if this works, they will spin mm-hmm. out a lot of cash because think about it, right? If they right. can keep any of those returns, See the returns that they are promising people, retail investors, and they have to go to the distribution. You have to pay, pay stack 2% to transfer something. Everything is messy. But you have one investor, you make one big debt payment that is fixed and you go improve and get stuff on the margins, but you have $60 million to play with. Yo, this guy should be spitting out so much cash they will be, they will have to hire the eBay store, you have to hire somebody to just open the envelopes or the checks. What they'll be doing, they have to hire somebody to open the envelopes. Like the treasury function is gonna be wild. And at that point, you don't really need investors or equity markets, any all that stuff. If they can turn the 60 million dollars to anything worthwhile, pay back the original 60, and keep some capital on themselves, even on this same model, even on those <clears> same returns.
0: Okay.
1: This 20% in six months that they're offering, if they can run it on this 60 million dollars, but better move out. They will come out <laughs> and
0: find you. I, I, maybe if, I'm if just skeptical. Maybe I'm skip, believe, I don't understand. If you believe, I don't understand. If you, All right, please finish.
1: I'm saying if you believe, right, that they can take that 20% that you were giving me as a retail investor, 20% correct. in six months, right? Yes. And run that same margin, run that same margin, arguably better because of skill and a bunch of costs that have been cut out. Like run that same margin on 60 million every six months.
0: And yeah, like, I, I just don't, I just don't understand. Let's not do the math. Obviously it's fifty-ish percent in a year. I don't understand the business Make Dan say uh, they watch him back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, typically, most most common ways to exit, right? So, m a someone buys you, IPO, you IPO. I would say IPO, yeah. less likely. m a who's going to buy them? I'm not sure. I, I would just say on the exit piece, they need to prove out raising larger amounts of debt over time that the business is actually sustainable. So, if in 2025, they raise $200 million of debt, okay, cool. And on and on for now, I don't know, it's a bit early to call it. I'm not sure where this will land. There is no comparable in other markets that I could think about. So it's a bit tricky. One thing that did occur to me is Apollo acquisition, but the problem is they're the same size. So not going to happen. Then I was like merger. Why would they merge? They're doing the same business model. They're already in their country. Maybe there's some play there where both of them can do something similar. It's just something, if I were Apollo, I would run, I would focus on my own uh, business before doing this. Okay. Okay.
1: Close. Wrap. It's I, can oh, I can go. I can go. I can go. My my summary is going to be very short. It's intentional. Okay. Uh, so my three parts on the fundraising, farmers as a customer case, and the risks I see in the business. Good. The fundraising is actually really cool. The debt part, I think, is very it's fit for purpose. It's you know when they say not every business needs to raise every kind of capital. Not every business needs to raise VC money. Not every business needs to raise this kind of money. I feel like for the for the business model that they describe and what they're running, there's definitely some opportunity for them to raise debt at this stage. Maybe at the beginning, you want to get, Olympia wants to interrupt. At the beginning, you want to get some equity because you're trying things out and you want somebody to take the risk with you. But if you have the model right and you have the right scale, you can build a portfolio, you get debt and you can do that. Olympia, you
0: have Why didn't Apollo raise 60 million, please? Uh, they in the exact same business. Everybody founder...
1: has different ambition in life. Hmm. You cannot be projecting Apollo ambition with this guy's ambition. Everybody
0: has I'm, jo- I'm just so curious. The business model is almost exactly the same. I'm just very curious. It's something to unpack. Because obviously, for the people who are not so familiar with fundraising, for every business, it's better to do debt, right? Because obviously, you have less dilution. Now, obviously, it depends on the terms. So that's a blanket statement. It depends on the terms, the payback schedule. But on average, it's typically better because you're not diluted. And depending on how it's set up, it's typically better. So Mm -hmm. where that a business which has a founder with an exit and more access, didn't do that. But something to, for us to think about for, for, for later. Because I agree yeah. with you. It, Apollo literally says all they do is give capital. Now, they don't say it that way. They say increasing food supply, AI, whatever, but similar yeah. businesses, different approaches. Interesting. Yeah,
1: it's very interesting. I guess somebody has a different... People have different levels of certainty. <laughs> different levels of assessment of the risk of their outcomes of their business and how they want right. to share the downside and the upside. That's it. Um, yeah. Or maybe also... People cannot raise the equity. Maybe. So they raise it securely against, yeah, they raise
0: the debt. I would love to to see the terms. If you have the debt, deck or terms, please email infraafforability.com. I promise it will be a secret. I won't share it with anyone apart from Bankoli because Bankoli is in the email. So he has to see it. Yes. So send it to us.
1: Second thing is, so, the first is I do debt. It's fit for purpose for the use case. Yes. Second is building for farmers. We talk about this over and over again. What is the right business model to sell for these people? It's 30 million, it's 40 million, it's 50 million. You see all kinds of crazy estimates, right? And many of them are excluded from the formal system, not just financial, educational, across the board, right? Their kids are not in school. And I'm excited when I say startup building for this segment. Because all the stats point to how important. Culture is important. Food is important. So many farmers, so much farmland. Agriculture is a quarter of GDP, 35% Oof. of the population. It's important. But these guys are criminally underserved. While everybody's trying to give me a, money, a wallet app for transferring money. I do that part. I do I'm not convinced that their model has any like inbuilt skill into it. Sort of similar to Apollo, where you actually do have to spend a lot of resources to onboard the end farmer.
0: And you have um, to wait for the like natural harvest cycle. timeline. The cycle yeah. is just is what it is. There's, so it doesn't can't...
1: scale as quickly. Exactly. So you have to, you can't recruit in the middle of the season unless towards next season. So all exactly. kinds of weird things, depending on the crops you do, it can get complicated very quickly. So it doesn't quite scale in a way traditional tech businesses would scale.
0: Yes. For a venture, capital expected growth rate obviously yeah. there are different types of businesses and businesses are great it's just for this yeah. podcast we tend to focus on crazy growth venture scale not because that's yeah. the best but that's because the tech that's what the tech investors are looking for there's yeah, no best exactly. or worst. all that matters is cash flow so
1: exactly all that, all that matters at the end of the day is how much money you're making correct the, how much life long enough
0: to get cash
1: that's it meet invest honestly at this even point it's not even to get cash to meet your investors expectations yeah, so, well <laughs> when people complain about the company, when people complain about people complain about the company, it's always like you're probably giving them money. Let's about is playing,
0: <laughs>
1: Everybody's playing a different game. I'm not talking about anybody, Olumide. <laughs> you want to see something say it with your chest.
0: <laughs> Famous affability line. Say it with your chest. My I use another day in real life.
1: My last thing on the thing is all these trends around farming and how difficult it's becoming, climate change, smallholder farmers, how inefficient it is, and there's a ceiling on productivity improvements for farmers right mm-hmm. i think on that end they'll say look there's just so many farmers and we are far away from that ceiling but i worry that for a farmer it's like you do it the first time the second time the third time one well, why don't you try a great second if i'm that mm-hmm. profitable why do even need to get credit so you get on and on and they'll say yeah that may be possible but there's so many people that even if so many people graduate we have so much like for for the next cycle that we are 20 years away from saturating the market or whatever but on one hand is it's the uh, is the tinder problem which is basically <laughs> like people age out of the app Mm -hmm. get married and eventually find somebody so they're constantly having to churn like churn is part of the design of the progress and that limits how much you can make if it's as good as you say it is for meeting a life partner yeah then you clearly can't have me for a long
0: time you know what's funny i've never heard anyone use that line with tinder before normally people use Match.com, but i love it i would have said tinder you could use it (laughs) indefinitely but let's not be (laughs) Yeah, dude. Shout out to Yeah.
1: Shout out to the person I'm going to send that clip to. Just get
0: ready. Cool. So that's my
1: summary. So fundraising, impressive. Farmers as a focus segment, impressive. I think I'm just worried about scale and churn in the model that you described.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Our conclusions slash summaries are actually quite similar. So mine has one, two, three, four, four, four different categories. So farmers, a.k.a. consumers, entrepreneurs and then bear case and bull case. So farmers, similar to what I said on Apollo, amazing opportunity for the farmers to get access to advice and or better inputs and or straight cash support plus distribution with off-takers, slash distributors, especially considering it's so easy to ne- neglect them. They're small, their incomes are low, education level is low, they live in rural areas. So They're I'm very so thankful. so
1: hard to reach. I know, They're I so know. so hard to reach.
0: I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that someone is doing something for them. I hope there are many different types of businesses trying to support them. And I hope like we see some examples of more successful companies like that have agreed to get entrepreneurs excited to serve the segment. I think it's important and I'm glad someone is doing it. Second piece, entrepreneurs. Unlike Eli from Apollo Agriculture, who's awesome, but who adopted a model from America to use in Kenya. Now don't get me wrong. I love lift and shift models, obviously, but what Uka and Ayo did, I think it's really cool because it's challenging. They didn't come from... Like another country. They didn't have an exit like Eli. They didn't have the connections. They basically saw an opportunity. They're like, okay, we have some farms. We work in agriculture. We have some connections in Benway. This guy is in need. And they just went on it and they did it. They they got into Google Launchpad. They got into Mm -hmm. YC. They made it through COVID. The CEO had to step aside for a few months. And honestly, their business is still standing. They raised 60 million of debt. They pivoted like my hats off to them, the founder. I- yeah,
1: and the other thing to note here sorry, and the founders that makes it really impressive. I know we've been very tongue-in-cheek this entire episode. Is these guys have it's, our point of view is not unique, if you make sense. Like, this, mm. the point of view that's that is the skepticism about Trevor <laughs> Greek, maybe the point of view is a different thing. The skepticism about that Greek is not unique or new from the mm. jump, then people being like, Yo, don't do my mom. <laughs> We'll be like, Oh, I heard <laughs> about this stuff. I'm sure it's a scam. There's no much soybean. <laughs> like my mom is telling me, Don't do this yeah. agricultural crowdfunding platforms. So it's very common. But they've that was five years ago, right? Yeah, and they're still at it, and they've raised even more money six months ago. Now we're in September 2002. Yes, 2020, yes, 2020, 2020, yes. 2020, I think the founders that's a perseverance of just constantly answering questions about if your life's work is a fraud it can be very like
0: annoying. Yes, at the very no least. plus once to that, I'm. Especially they started when they were between 25 and 27. They've been hustling all these years. So my hat's off. Even though if you listen to this podcast, I'll send a lot of jokes. I was borderline on serious. Mm-hmm. I still give them a lot of credit for trying to make a difference and trying to build a big business. And getting into YC, making it through COVID, pivoting, raising when it's not very easy. So my hat's off. Well done. Good job. And yeah, if you listen to the episode and I annoyed you, apologies. I'm just in a very good mood. But my hat's off to the founders. Best of luck to them as they go through, through the journey. Okay. Bear case, bull case. Let me close. So bear case. I mean, as you'd expect, international expansion is super hard because those markets are smaller than Nigeria, different time, different culture. Credit assessments may lead to like, maybe inaccurate because it's so hard to get data for these people, Mm -hmm. which affects revenue. The farming yield may have some issues. Finding the right partners to cover the insurance may be costly. It may be difficult to grow. Farmers may be distrustful. Farmers can churn. You get the sense. There's a lot. But but the fundamental problem I still see is what I said on Apollo is the timeline to make this work, to me, just seems so long. Now, yeah. if this, let's say, pre-seed investors call i Ventures Platform. If he's expecting 7 to 10 years from when he invested, I just don't see how that's going to happen because they still have such a long way to go. I may be wrong. Maybe they'll exit next year. I'll be wrong. It just seems like a long business that they need to take time, understand, scale, make it work, go through iterations, find the best partnership model, figure out or, which product Or collect or- dividends. <laughs> Made, dividends? Yes, it, it, if it's spitting cash, then of course yeah. it's a great business. I'm just, I don't, I, I have, I'm just not assured of the vi- viability of the business because number one, they just pivoted literally in 2021, so a year from recording, and then number yeah. two, there was a lack of specificity of a lot of important details every time I tried to understand the business model, like, oh, dude. like, dude, insurance partners, insurance premium, insurance calculations, credit assessment, like, I'm not gonna go down the list. I won't bore you, but. Especially because I just prepped for Apollo and the Delta was very stark, which to me is every time there's ambiguity or cloudy stuff, it just raises a yellow red flag in my mind. Okay, both case, end, end on the positive. Okay, positive. International expansion goals, we continue to raise large amounts of money from foundations or aid institutions, maybe even governments. Combination of raising that amount of money gives them more timeline to prove out their business model. Credit assessment turns out to be easier to do because they make a breakthrough or they partner with other stakeholders in the ecosystem who can do that better. Farmers develop some positive affinity towards them. They grow with the farmers. They catch the farming curve. And because they have enough time, because they raise so much money, they can scale in a bunch of years and they Mm -hmm. spit out enough cash to make all their institutional investors and debt holders happy. So that's the positive case. And then, of course, the ultimate part of the bull case, if it happens, is an actual exit. I don't know who they're going to sell to. There are some large agricultural players in Nigeria and Africa, but those players already have direct relationships with farmers or already doing larger scale industrial farming. So if you're already doing industrial yeah. farming, what is the incremental benefit of doing someone who's doing small scale? I'm not sure, but that's yeah. the, the case. Okay, so overall summary, 70% on the negative bear case, only 30% on the positive bull case. I just think there are too many concerns in the business model. It needs too much time to scale. There's some uncertainty about how they're managing the risk, the credit assessment. There's some uncertainty. Why are they expanding to other countries, dude? Nigeria is the biggest country. They're going to Ghana. Depending on the data stats, you depend on the stats you look at, Nigeria is five to 30x bigger. There's Nigeria, so many question marks.
1: Nigeria hedging now, Nigeria hedging. That's not what he's talking I understand, to your but you would
0: hedge in a business where the government is likely to dislike you. Agriculture, dude, every day the Nigerian government is trying to say, so I, I don't know, there's just may, maybe it's fine. Uh, flags go off in my head when companies leave TAM that's 10, 30x bigger to small TAM. If it's fintech, for sure hedge. But agriculture, why would the government try to screw you? I know they could say maybe there's some overlap. Anyway, fine. That question mark about growth, international expansion, debt raise. Yeah, yeah, the um, one,
1: yeah, the one that is calling them agriculture. That's what we talked about earlier. Sorry. Or, uh, sorry. Okay, you anyway,
0: you, you, you get the point. The summary is I'm more in the negative case because of the timing and the risk in the business, but I still give my hats off to the founders. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they do well. But unfortunately, I'm even more negative than Apollo, even though Apollo's in a way smaller market Kenya, because Apollo has been doing it for longer. Apollo has founders that are more experienced doing this business model and Apollo if you ask me has a better way to do credit assessments. I'm not sure but from what I research I think they're doing it more critically than these guys so more negative than Apollo but overall I wish them the best of luck I want them to succeed but honestly I'm more in the negative case to be honest.
1: I was looking at Polo, it's more one of my concerns when we did that episode was how can they be profitable given all the costs involved in sourcing and testing and collecting and distributing mm-hmm. and vetting mm-hmm. and quality? Mm-hmm. I think it's the same question here, assuming that everything else is true. And but I think these guys are just maybe starting off the difference is maybe they're starting from a much worse place. Therefore oh, yeah. Delta of Improvement. So Delta oh, so No, way no worse. Delta, Delta they just pivoted
0: in twenty twenty one.
1: Delta improvements that they can make. The farmers in Kenya in ah, So the delta of improvements that they can make is bigger. Therefore, the margin they have to play with is bigger. But now we're getting into like pie in the sky. No, yeah. Not a business thesis. Chats.
0: Conjecture, <laughs> as they
1: say. Conjecture. <laughs> I uh, we're just chatting. As we speak. So, all right, cool. Okay. Let's, God bless Tara Gig. I have, yes, I yes. have three recommendations. I, I
0: wish them the best of luck on all the future endeavors. And yes, I hope that they do well.
1: Congratulations to all involved on their recent <laughs> fundraise. Okay. <laughs> I have three recommendations. One is this article called AI and the Limits of Language by Yann oh. LeCun, M.L. God, make Famous. <laughs> world famous, Yann LeCun. Basically, mm-hmm. the thesis is how language models would never really represent humanity or consciousness because the whole Google Lambda engineer thing or the other. It's mm-hmm. a very interesting thesis about language is not knowledge and there's all kinds of approximation. Correct. In any kind of communication. But I prefer to
0: get language than knowledge, so I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, actually, read the article. Second, it's a very interesting one about how, very interesting one, implications about how AI eventually approximates consciousness or what AGI means. His point is not going to be via large language models.
0: Oh, he didn't take a philosophical part, it's a technical part he took. I thought you were saying the philosophy of if you interact with someone else, even if they seem to be completely human, but they don't understand the essence of what they're saying. Okay, it's technical. Got it, got it. I misunderstood. It's a, it's
1: a, it's a, yes, it's a technical implication that basically going down the large language model, because language itself is an approximation. So if I, for example, the example in the article, stuff like if I say the box is in the pen, when we communicate, when people listen to us, when we say stuff, there's a lot of things that are implicit in communication. For right?
0: sure. Especially
1: Especially affability. Especially <laughs> if I say the box is in the pen, it could mm-hmm. mean many different things. From who's talking, those implicit stuff is what, it's not going to be covered in language written or spoken mm-hmm. that is training those models. So they will definitely, basically the better the language models get, the bigger the gap. It's like they're in Canny Valley in software, N- not in software, in, in game, video games, uh, and robotics. So if yeah. you, so, definitely read the article. It's a very interesting statement of fact. I love your
0: recommendations. I'm reading it. And it's a long read, right?
1: It's not that long. It's, okay. it's a fairly succ- succinct read.
0: Okay. If um, someone has an app or Chrome extension that converts an article to a or mp3 file, I would love to have that so I can listen to it on my phone.
1: Yeah. The second one is Lindy Hacker News. Lindy is basically the, it's a phenomenon that says that if something has existed for a long time, it's likely to continue existing longer. Oh. It's like the broad interpretation.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know that. I didn't even know it had a... I didn't even know what's called Lindy.
1: Yeah, it's like something is Lindy. It's like okay. a weird Muslim Talib uses it a lot. so okay. okay. Taliban
0: uses it I a lot. See. Frankly, and his love for Nassim Taleb. The, you get it. The three you most best slide ever, three most addictive things in the world <laughs> a steady paycheck, carbohydrates, yeah. slice sugar, and heroin. Yeah, and heroin. <laughs> what, exactly. what kind of list is that? Yeah, Nasim Nass- oh so with the gems. I love him. He's um, always fighting with people on Twitter, so I know I'm a fan.
1: I am such a fan. So, by the way, sidebar on Nassim Taleb, <laughs> yeah. he has a philosophy of life, which is if you see something bad and you allow it to happen, you are responsible. It means Robot. you are tolerating it. Oh, so his point is more, it is his duty to call out fakery <laughs> and trash What he sees it. So he just reads stuff that people write and says, you are dumb. All day. it's so
0: vicious. Okay, so a few years ago, I read uh, Better Angels of Our Nature. I was like, oh my God, this book Yo. is so good. And then I went to read Nasim. <laughs> so Nassim had some points about the book. So, sidebar, basically the book tracks the history of violence over time. And it shows violence has been reducing violence, human to human, human to mm-hmm. animal. Basically, mm-hmm. it, it paints a, a more optimistic view of the future if you follow the trend lines of historical changes of negative events, which makes a lot of logical sense. Now, Nassim says, Oh, yeah, but <sighs> Black Swan don't follow trend lines, unknown unknowns, which makes sense. But I wouldn't disagree. The way he disagrees, like he was no, no, fighting no. with the dude. No, I I say what Nassim said actually was actually different. Oh, what oh. he said was,
1: yes, that is true, but the series of bad events the scale the amplitude of something bad has actually gotten worse because of other changes so what you are switching what we are trading for what was actually better was small localized skirmishes basically like tribal skirmishes versus nuclear war what we now have is if russia fights with the u.s now it's going to be new york in the ocean that's his point it's more that doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything we're at risk of bigger more significant things. Now, when nothing happens, it's actually a terrible sign. It's a turkey problem. A turkey can be... See, yeah, I sound like a fanboy.
0: You sound... Get off the guys. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that. I sound like a okay. fanboy. Okay, can, can we come back? Can I'm you know, your such first a record. fanboy. We no, it's this, a turkey I problem. I got a dollar every time I heard this fucking turkey, it's turkey problem. problem. It's a turkey problem. It's a turkey okay.
1: problem. I don't want to do
0: this. Anyways, Other recommendations.
1: Woof. Lindy articles, there's a library of the best articles that get reposted often on Hacker hmm. News. Most reposted hmm. on Hacker News. If you love Hacker News, which I do, I have a bot that just pulls out what's top on Hacker News. It's very interesting. And it can be technical stuff a lot of the time. It's, I, I love it. It's nerd stuff. That's good. Last is a book called Lying for Money about fraud and frauds. About all the different things that fraud...
0: L-I-N-E, Lying for Money. Or Lying. L-Y-I-N. lying money. okay, okay, okay. Yeah,
1: Lying for Money. It's a book about the big frauds and different kinds of frauds. The thing I liked about the book is all the different ways that fraud can happen. And it's basically not a bit like a taxonomy of fraud. But also a bit like all the different frauds that happen and what's driving them. Smart book. It makes me. I'm a
0: skeptical person. I say, tell me something. Pessimists, I
1: wrote now. pessimists. Optimists make money, but pessimists get a lot of us that thing. Basically, okay. Pessimists don't make any money. Yeah.
0: People. So this is a joke. I literally cracked this joke an hour and a half ago. is a professor.
1: So it's a it's a really good book about fraud, and you start <coughs> to realize the different ways that fraud can happen and different things that are responsible for fraud, which is why I have a lot of humility when people say stuff about. Public companies, especially about companies in general, public companies, especially because companies in general see, talk about Greek, we, we did not mention their revenue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's no point guessing whether it's 1 million or 50 million or 10 million or 12 million or 100,000. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, there's no need to lie. There's no need for obfuscation. There's no need for dictation. But if they dare put a number out in a public statement and then the work starts, the problem is you think that, oh, their profit is 10 million. I'm like, it depends on what you want to know, which is why you accept that number. Am I, are you asking me before I invest and buy 10% of the company? I'm sorry. We're going to have to do a lot more diligence than that. Are you asking me before I give them $20? Eh, or, you know? or are you
0: asking me for an Afrodole <laughs> episode? In which case, <laughs> we're
1: fine. They're fine. <laughs> their profit is clearly $10 because you know they never lie. And companies never lie in their financial statements. Never, um, ever.
0: And Enron didn't exist. <laughs>
1: it's a good book for, 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 my, for humility, which is why mm. I read it. And I read books like that occasionally. But those are my three recommendations. The Lindy Hacker News, AI and the Limits <laughs> of Language, and Lying for Money.
0: I love that. I like your strategy of summarizing your summary. I I should do that. Okay. So I have two recommendations and one small win. So recommendations. First one, I have this John Jim Rohn video and the video is amazing. I think it's called things that change your life or how to change your life. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Not even, you can even listen to it on mute. Just the way he engages the audience, his pacing, Mm -hmm. the way he pauses, the way he emphasizes certain words. You can't can't listen listen to it on
1: mute. You can listen without video, you mean, I think.
0: Yes, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. But it it's unbelievable. I was just—I was very struck by the way he engaged the, uh, the audience. So, context: who's Jim Rohn is like a famous motivational, personal development speaker mm-hmm. slash entrepreneur from the '80s and '90s. Most people wouldn't know him because yeah. he's dead, and most of his fame was in the '80s. But I know him because I like personal development stuff. Really great. I'll post in the show notes. Second mm-hmm. thing is tsukan which is a Chrome extension to help you learn languages. Something happened a few weeks when I got up to this. I'm like, oh man, I should pick up a language. So. But what this Chrome extension does, Bangkole, is it, you basically say, I want some words on web articles converted mm-hmm. to a different language and context. So let's say I yeah. picked y- Yoruba, and it would be like, Olu was talking to Bangkole about Owo, and then you hover mm-hmm. over it, it would say money. So you can see how words, in the context yeah. of the sentence, in different yeah. languages. So it's like a cool way to learn different... Because I'm constantly reading stuff all the time. And yeah. because it's showing you the word definitions, translations, in context of the sentence... You can learn the language better and you can change the frequency. So You can say only a few words, a lot of words, almost every, yes. it's brilliant. And one of my I friends just invested. Oh, it's so I good need it for French. Cause I was like, oh yeah, when I see it in context, so I've been using it for Spanish, I'm like, oh, of course I can see uncle because of this. Mm-hmm. And because I always do a lot of financial tech stuff, I even already mm-hmm. know like some certain things Int- intriguing and then, okay, small win. I did an exercise about writing down 50 goals. I was like Mm -hmm. 5050. What the fuck? Like what the hell? What 50? That's Mm -hmm. too much. Maybe one or two, maybe five. But going through that exercise actually brought me a lot of interesting. It took me to a lot of different places and things I wanted to do. Life goals, yes. And I was intrigued. So shout out to Alan Dugan for facilitating this. But I was intrigued by first I was skeptical. 50 just seems like Mm too much. But then I realized the definition of a goal slash activity, slash, as you go down the First five, first 10, first 15. (laughs) The brain starts to go in different directions and it takes you to different places to explore. So I was excited to do that exercise as a small win a few weeks ago.
1: Nice. Very nice. Very nice. I will do that. I might do that and let you know what comes up.
0: Yeah. Also, um, if you type in his name, he also has some ways to prompt yourself as you go through it. But it's yeah. I was just also, because 50 sounds insane. five zero. Come on. 2-3-5-10-15. Yeah. But your brain, oh, you start to reach out. Okay, my childhood, I wanted to do this. And then you see some yeah. goals conflict. Why are they conflicting? Do they really conflict? It takes you to a nice place if you do it the right way. So interesting exercise.
1: Yeah. Fascinating.
0: We'll yeah. do that. We should look into that. Yeah. Cool. All right. On that note, oh, you didn't you didn't do your small win. Now you only used to recommend. It. Oh, yeah. oh I'll do my hey. small win. Yes.
1: My small win is I've started doing strength workouts. So, in in Seattle there was a wildfire. It's a bunch of wildfires in Seattle as well. Not that not as bad as California, but enough to make it questionable to run outside. I'm mm. like at first I was like that's how you know American because the air quality. I used to run on Echo Bridge in Lagos <laughs> with exhaust in uh, my nose. Uh-huh. I used to run from Suluri to Leki every Sunday, and now I'm like a fragile snowflake. <laughs> if I run outside and the air quality is bad, I still <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> I was like, why are you sick? I run outside in the wildfire <laughs> smoke.
0: <laughs> Yo, that's for I, 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 that I was, I was, I was
1: inhaling, inhaling <laughs> engine smoke from oxide and dodge, looking left <laughs> and right and guiding because in Lagos, I don't want somebody to come and sure collect bits by drink <laughs> from my ear.
0: Lagos is like you dodge, you go through um uh, okada Dude. pothole. Like road accidents, noise, yes. Is, that's the part
1: of Lagos Island when I'm running that I will, first of all, I'll be running, I'll be listening to music. This one is time to remove the. Just, <laughs> let me just focus. Like, <laughs> that's, I never, that's how you
0: listen to DMX.
1: It's crazy in retrospect that <laughs> like, I never okay. run. I always have enough energy, even okay. if I'm running like 10K, 50K in Lagos, to sprint. Even if at the 15k point, because I don't know whether I, I might need to sprint. I <laughs> don't know. Is that when you, sad? When your life
0: will be in danger. I
1: don't know when. When I will see somebody walking towards me quickly, <laughs> and I will have to, I have to take this marathon into a sprint. How for a um,
0: hour? this is so yes, insane.
1: Any, anyways, my small <laughs> win is that I I wasn't able to go out and run because my heart and my Respiratory system, oh you know,
0: important. exactly. Why do you, you get a mask and run in a mask? That I would solve. How
1: can I run in them? How can I run in a mask? What kind of trash is that? Of course, you so, can run in a mask. Know.
0: Athletes even wear no. masks to, to train.
1: No, that's bad. I don't do that. Okay, I'm, you, I'm you're so a professional. When it comes oh, by the
0: way, okay, contact for the audience. Man, has been running long distances for basically 15, 20 years. Yeah, dude, get a mask yeah. and, and do that shit, man. What's the problem? I'm
1: not that kind of professional. I'm a baby boy. <laughs>
0: I, I, like every, I like
1: everything to be soft. There are different types of professionals. I like everything to be soft as you. If I look outside and there's smoke, it's time from Jesus. Call out. I don't... Calm me out. I'm not here, okay? You run I'm not here. In your apartment on the spot. You that. So I started doing strength workouts, which okay. is basically just like bodyweight strength workouts, which I haven't really done before because I only just run and those mm-hmm. were a lot of fun. So I'll be doing that more. It's my small win. So okay. So like a whole thing that I look forward to doing now almost as much as I run as running.
0: Two, two tips. One... If you get a trainer, way more fun, although it's overpriced, even an average trainer is like a hundred something dollars per hour. And then number Mm -hmm. two, there are classes you can do that have a combination of strength and cardio, which is like a good segue. So you have a bunch of different options. You just do, oh, let me do hundred pounds. Like you don't, if you find it boring, there's some nice, maybe not hit classes, but there's nice things where it's almost like you're not even sure because part of the workout is they have some weights, then cardio running. So you have a lot of variations. I wish more people could, could do trainers, but man, trainer's expensive, dude. I right. haven't taken an exercise. I was telling someone, I haven't taken an exercise class ever. Oh, dude, I was trying to it to massive recommendations, even for couples, man. Do that stuff as a couple. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm cool.
1: trying to get me to take some classes. I guess on, on,
0: on that note, Affrobility ends oh, yeah. with uh, dance classes <laughs> okay. recommendations. That's dance how classes. We do. <laughs> All
1: right,
0: cheers. All right. Bye. Laters. So cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, topics you'd like to hear, or just want to say hello, please email info at Thanks.